talk to another wrestling fan and I'll I'll hate them. Like absolutely hate them until someone's like, oh, wrestling's fake. And then me and, you know, Major League Wrestling guy or AEW guy, it's like, no, no, you son of a bitch. Let me tell you something. Yeah, they, like, they, it's they like, need I'll, to step like, in the squared circle for a minute and take a few bumps and find the fuck out how fake it is. Fall on your hip a few yeah, times. Yeah, I I trained for two days at the Monster Factory in Jersey to be a wrestler. And I found out very quickly, one, ring ropes hurt like hell. Two, I will never be tough enough to do this. As much as I love it, I'll die. Like, I'll just get my ass kicked and I'll just stay down and I'll never do it again. Well, yeah, and it's like, it's funny because my, my wife is a ballerina and she actually has compared a lot of the wrestling to ballet. Yeah, I would never be a ballerina either. Break all my Exactly. Toes. I couldn't fucking handle it. It is super well done. It, there's some choreography you want to do that because you don't want to like injure people, but it takes some fucking skill and a lot of that shit hurts. Like, I've got my ass kicked doing stunt scenes. It hurts and it's choreographed, but when you're getting into it, even though you know where you're going, it does become a fight. I accidentally just beat up an old guy <laughs> on the last set of the movie I was doing because... You know, the stunt coordinator's trying to get you to go, the director's trying to get you to go, and you've done it two or three times, and now you're getting comfortable, and you're getting to a rhythm, and you're getting aggression, and you're getting into character. And next thing you know, you're throwing a senior citizen, a senior citizen to the ground. That was a tongue twister. <laughs> and it's like, oh my god, what did I just do? And then you're pushing someone over as hard as you can and running away, because the character's doing it. But it's still in my subconscious. I'm just beating people up. Like, I'm just hurting people. Have, did you get to see Ric Flair's last match? I absolutely did. I saw the whole show. I loved it. It was, was good? I, I, I haven't seen it yet. It was everything that you want it to be if you know what you're getting into. Right. Because it's not going to be right. 80s Flair, right, 2000s right. Flair. This is eight Flair in his 80s. <laughs> yeah, and he's having a great time. And it's Jeff Jarrett in his 50s fighting two guys kind of in their prime. And it's, give me everything I want to see, give me all the gimmicks, give me all the fun, give me all the excitement. And they gave me all of that and so much more. And Ric Flair in a shirt is kind of funny. That's, yeah, he's, and in his later part of his career, that's pretty much all you'd see him in is a damn t-shirt. Which, I mean, I get it, he's an old man, what you gonna do? Yeah, he went through a phase in WCW where he was wearing Hawaiian shirts and dress pants. I remember that. And that was one of my favorite versions of Ric Flair, because it looked as if he was a video game character that evolved to the next level. You're going to love that Reliving the War series on uh, wrestling bios because I'm going to send you the link to the actual playlist itself. You can explore his channel on your own, but I'm going to send you the link to the Reliving the War playlist and it's oldest to newest. So right when you right at the top of the playlist, all you got to do is click play, brother, and it's going to start it's going to start. And it Yeah, he, that's Oh, he does it all. He does it all and he do he I've I've so done that when the network first came out just as fun for fun I think I got through a year and a half before life kicked in yeah but I would watch the Raw then I would watch the Nitro I'd watch the Raw then I'd watch the Nitro and you could see how one was boring and stale and the other one was just up it's fascinating to watch as a wrestling fan to just see because you know where you're getting to like they lose but at this point in time they shouldn't even have gotten to the point where they were winning it's such a nerd thing to do but yeah it's fun no, I, I I love it and I nerd out to it, and but it's it's the same as with horror movies to me. It's like this is just another aspect of storytelling. You throw yeah. some athleticism and some great characters in. We're, that's why we're watching horror. I mean, hey, like you, we've all had the arguments too of you know 
Freddy's better, Jason's better, Mike Myers is better. And depending where we're at in the movies, like, yeah, you can constantly argue, like, well, right now, like, Mike Myers, you can't beat him. Give it a couple years. Something will come back. We've got this thing on the Discord right now. It's got its own thread. It's called The Boogie Down. And I've been putting matches pretty much every day. Like, I I randomly seeded a bunch of horror icons. And we just finished round one today. Today was uh, Dracula versus Jigsaw. And we've had matches like Ooh, Michael Myers oh, versus Goku. Dracula versus Oh, who would win that? That's a, I think I'd vote for Jigsaw. Yeah? I think I'd go Jigsaw. Who won that? Um, I'd have to tally up the votes, which I'm going to do tomorrow for all the round, for all the matches for round one, because we just finished. And it was a long one. Like, we had, I don't even know how many fights, like 16 or 20 or something. So we had, like, Ghostface versus Myers. We had Jason versus Madman Mars. The Creeper versus... Um, I don't even know who the fuck he fought. My favorite one was Psycho Gorman versus the Jin from Wishmaster. And everybody was everyone was piling on the Psycho Gorman train and I get why, but no one I don't think anyone really knows about the Jin and what he is. No, uh, I, I like that you just went with him because I never expect anyone to ever bring up Wishmaster. Welcome to the nightclub. That's a wow. In, in all seriousness, I'm anxious to talk about this because I I had a lot of fun with him. And I'm it's a fun that. movie. It's, it's a, a fun, fun movie. movie. And I, we're recording, so I can say it right now. Roger is the biggest, girthiest cock I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and I fucking love it. He is like Brett Michaels if he were a penis. I love it. I absolutely love it. He just, he has that strut and that stroll, you know, where, like, Brett Michaels can get laid doing an insulin commercial. He has that, he has that. <laughs> That tenor about him, and I just loved it. I just threw the whole thing, just fucking with the city boy. Oh, God, I just love it. <laughs> Roger, was that was that Roger is the giantest and girthiest cock? Yes, yeah. he's just he's not a dick. Fuck, he, that's such a good quote. He's a cock. He just walks around. He's a cocksmith. He's 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 dragging his balls behind him a little bit. He's got a little bit of age behind him, so he's sort of dragging his balls in the dirt. But he just he just walks in, and he's just like every every girl in the room. They get a little misty and they get a little interested. Damn, that was, uh, you know, I've been acting for 20, 21 years and 90% of the reviews I've gotten in my life have been negative. This is the first character I've ever done that I've even had remotely positive reviews that people liked. But I, out of every review I've gotten so far, that was by far the best one. That was my absolute favorite. The giantest and girthiest cock. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between being a dick and being a cock. God, and, I love I love Brett Michaels too. <laughs> there you go. Well, it was the cowboy hat. That, I mean, that was I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> he is he is our fucking backwoods Brett Michaels, and he is owning his swagger, and I fucking love it. Harry Nick Cage. Uh, that was, wow, that's that's, been, uh, that's yep. my current favorite actor is Nick Cage. Now that Peter Sellers has long been dead, it's uh, Nick Cage is my favorite actor. So thank you. I, there was a lot of Nick Cage in Roger because a big decision I made was I'm, you know, I'm old. I don't know how much longer I'm going to have in this career. I mean, more chance I'm going to get. So I'm just going to go for it. And wherever yeah. I go, I'm just going to Nick Cage that giant girthy Nick Cage cock. <laughs> so for this episode, Benjamin, I'm going to do my damnedest to have this out on Friday. So in the interest of putting this out the same day the film comes out, I'm wanting to avoid two things. Two things are character deaths and the ending. I don't I don't think we should mention those on the show who dies and how it ends. 
for anyone listening who might want to go check the film out, you know? I, um, I can do most of that. You could do <laughs> I can do I can definitely do most of that. Well listen, I mean this is your this is a magician, so he'll Well yeah, I, I can edit around it, but I'm saying like if you want to talk about it and ah, you no, don't, don't if I screw up, I, I would hope you just leave that in. <laughs> Welcome to the nightclub. That is leaving it in. Out of, res- out of respect to me not being professional enough to avoid it, leaving yeah, it in. Yeah, you should leave but it. But put in. this in. Well, this we're recording, so I'm gonna figure out yeah, something for some of this. But <laughs> no, you, you, you know, just leave it all in. If you want to be an artist and be artistic, then it's it's all part of the show. Just Even leave this, it all like, in. For all, for all everyone knows, we rehearsed this for 20 minutes before going on the air of like, hey, you say this, and I'll say this. We'll just say, leave it in, and we'll all look really cool and badass when we do it. Mm-hmm. And then we really screw up for like, shit, I regret saying that. I should not have said <laughs> that at the beginning, but whatever, a minute now. Listeners already fucking know. <laughs> we, oh, got, yeah. we got, we got, we got balls something. on this podcast. People we throwing can't up in the toilets. We all oh, yeah. slurring yeah. and speaking Cajun French. Throwing yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, if there is something that you feel adamantly about, like you think in the next 24 hours, you're like, oh, no, no, no. For me, it's happened, I think, once in 18 months where I was like, Travis, please don't. Travis was like, you feel that strongly about it? Okay. But for yeah. the most part, yeah, it stays in, including Ricky throwing up in a toilet. I fell out of a chair once. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> for the most part, it's, it's all why, there. Why? Why would you reference those? Those are both things that absolutely need to stay in. If you oh, fall yeah. down, you should because have video of that on a loop. Most podcasts don't leave in shit like that. And I yeah. actually I actually do plan on editing the video portion of um, our friend Jarek. <laughs> Reacting warning, to me. <laughs> well, he warns Ricky not to mix the eggnog with the uh, Natterdays. And Ricky does so anyway. And eventually, Ricky ends up where he planned to be the entire episode because we were covering um, City, City of the Living, Living Dead. Dead. Yeah. And Ricky's like, in honor of this film, I'm going to vomit my guts All out. All my guts up. <laughs> Just like old girl. So he did. And it's all in. I need to make that video edit and put that on the you socials. Do. Even in the edit, it was counted nine times. Was it nine times? It was. Which like, episode was this? That I can go find. Toilet Sounds of like the Living Christmas Dead. Time. Yes. Toilet of the Living Dead. Yeah, it's in October. It's gonna be the next one I listen to. Oh my god! Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ride. I, I only want to hear the best of this show. That the countdown list was a great show. I really enjoyed it. Oh, good. Throwing up. I want to find. <laughs> what you're gonna want. You're gonna want to listen to that one, and then you're gonna you're gonna want to go listen to the one where we had um, Ross from Chuddle the Pod on. I'd have to find that episode title for you. I don't. I think it's called uh, the Great Misdirectomy. I believe yeah. that's the name of it. Is yeah. the Great Misdirectomy, and in that episode, I'm not gonna reveal what happens, but uh, yeah, by towards the it's end of it, of, yeah, yeah. You're, Bal- you're holding your can really close to the camera, and I can't make out what you're drinking. Oh, I drink shitty beer. <clears throat> Ooh, that was mm-hmm. disappointing. Also, oh, disappointing. it's handy for killing werewolves too. It's a silver bullet. Yeah, bud. That's the okay. was it. Uh, that's the voodoo IPA over there. All right, uh, fine. It's okay, a hang on. Hang voodoo on. Ranger Juice Force. I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna crack. I'm gonna crack one tonight. Right. Oh, the zombie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh. oh so after he oh. comes back <coughs> and cracks that, well, oh. I'm gonna get us rolling because Grindhouse is limited on time. What is that zombie? What is that? What is zombie ice? Zombie ice. It's a double pale ale. From Three Floyds, and it has the most kick-ass, some kick-ass on that can. Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. No. I uh, I forgot to go out today, so I'm drinking a. Uh, I'm not gonna even say it. it's embarrassing. I'm not gonna admit to what I'm drinking. 
That's the same having a Shirley Temple. <laughs> I, I, I know what I, I know what he's drinking and because it's the, and because it's, it's the nightclub the fridge. I'm gonna out him the fridge. I'm gonna say what it is. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I'm gonna. Thank you for being on the show. He's drinking them shitty seltzer drinks. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna I'm I'm tell you what, man. When I was at when I was at the, the last the last concert what, I went to, what are the odds, right? Right. You know, all I got the last concert I went to. I was d- doing nothing but down in those fucking eight um, percent white claws. I loved them. Well, well, you, you know what? I only drink these when I'm preparing. Like when I have to stay in uh, actor mode and stay in shape, I go with the subs. Other than that, I'm I'm much more of a vodka guy. And Roger's definitely much more of a Miller High Life guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. But like, I don't, yeah, but... you know, I'm from the I'm from the eighties. I don't want people knowing I drink this. It's it's still kind of embarrassing to me. Like I can't handle a beer because it's got too many carbs. Or because these are just healthy. Like I it's embarrassing to admit that like this is the qual- this is what you should drink to get drunk and stay healthy. We're not. I just want to admit to it. Yeah, but we're not judging you on this show because you oh, right. a little bit. Oh no, I, 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 I didn't say you were judging me. I said I'm judging me. Oh shit! <laughs> That's no, the best I, I'm judging me. myself. Whoa, 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 what was that? What you were drinking? What were you drinking to get your shirt off that quick? This oh. is a Natterday. So oh. yeah, this is my favorite, absolute favorite. This is this is mostly what I drink. I drink this more than water. I mean, it kind of is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll have to get. We'll have to if we had Trevor <clears throat> Pixie's playground on here. He is the guy who is drinking whatever his life, his, whatever his wife left over in the fridge. So he, <laughs> he has oh, a yeah. lot of seltzers and angry orchards and shit like no, that. No, but he likes. No, but that's he true. likes. That's I, I know he likes them, and, I, and I'm never going to say to him what I want to say to him. But that's, that's oh, what, hey, dude, nothing wrong care. with cider, bro. Nah, I can bust out. I can bust out the honeymead, man. You know, like party down. Down, no, mead is the most oh. dangerous thing I've ever drank in my life because I didn't yeah, have no mead. was a sipping drink. The first right. time I had it, it was poured into my cup. It was for my friend's birthday. His dad poured us all around, and I didn't know you sip it. So I drank it like a shot. Oh, yeah. I woke up about 14 hours later on a couch, drool covered all over my face with his dad laughing at me. That I was in a coma for that long, but apparently got up, played beer pong, and then passed back out. Nice. That was my one-time experience with mead. I don't think I'll ever drink it again. (laughs) (laughs) At least you didn't pass outside and get ants on you. What's it say? Eight and a half. (laughs) Oh. Oh, Grindhouse gonna fall down and go boom. (laughs) That that fucking that fucking sweet ass honey mead, bro. The bees love that shit. The ants love that shit. Oh shit, my my this neighbor is, makes his own meat. Uh, he makes his own meat. This is why I end up pissing on the podcast, right now. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. No, fucking pastor. Way of the road. Pastor Way of the Todd road, makes bud. his own meat. I want to. I want to sip uh, Pastor Todd's meat. <sighs> I bet you do. I do. I really do. I want to turn one of his altar boys. I want to turn. I can arrange that. You're tall I, enough. I want to turn You're that. Tall enough. Oh fuck. <laughs> I want to turn that good little Christian boy. I'm so confused <laughs> by a pastor that makes meat. Uh, Pastor uh, Pastor Todd's been on the show. He's the best. He's he's one of the cool ones, bro. He's, yeah, he's, cool. he's he's one of my best friends. He's a pastor slash chaplain. Also, huge nerd. Plays D anD D. Goes to the Ren Fest. Does all that stuff. Yeah. So he's Fuck yeah. Yeah. I so. didn't know you could do that as a pastor. I thought you had to be boring. 
No, you could be cool no, as fuck. He's not boring. He has he has fallen off my front steps into my front yard before. <laughs> so, oh shit! Yeah, yeah. He, he's red. Pastor Todd, you put a karaoke machine in front of Pastor Todd. Oh, get the fuck out the way! He, see, that's <laughs> the thing, my dude. He's a pastor, not a priest. So there's differences. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So he, he can, is. He a, can party. The priest is a, is subservient to the Lord and the church. Correct. Exactly. So he You're like the Buddhist like, monk of him. the Christian world. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Oh yeah. He is a. I think. I think it's safe to say he is a. He's a. I don't know. A, I think priests be fucking sometimes though. Oh yeah. Y'all think they be fucking? No, yeah, but I think they be fucking each other too though. Sure. Probably. And probably. the nuns. Dude, they probably, they probably they probably go fuck nuns and stuff too. I don't know, bro. Hold on, hold on, man. I bet we, they fucking. We might be we might be offending Benjamin. He might be like a hardcore Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> I uh I was raised Catholic. No, man. man. I'm above religion or anything else. I started off as a comedian. So to me, I think everything is funny. I think as long as the intent behind a joke is to be funny, I think it's all hysterical, no matter what you say. With Same. that being said, I'm not going to make those kind of jokes, but I'll gladly listen to them. You don't have to have <laughs> anything. Catholicism is the best religion. It's the best religion because you can do whatever the fuck you want as long as you're sorry later. <laughs> I don't know. That, that Scientology, <laughs> yeah. religion makes a, Scientology makes a really strong case. They seem to turn out either actors while inside their system, or once you leave Scientology, it's like you get a whole second career. Mm. So to yes, me, it's right. like if you join, it works out. Yeah, you're Tom Cruise. If it doesn't work out, you get a show on the Hallmark Channel. Exactly. Yeah. But oh yeah, Elron was a hell of a cult leader, bro. He he was a he was a red dude. Yeah, I don't know how to say it. I'm a big fan of his, but not for like what he did, but for how he did it. Right. God, man, that's just some effort. Yeah. Yeah. That is some smooth, and he's not—he he doesn't he, look like Brad Pitt. He—he he fucking like, well, what's the word? Hold on, I'm blanking. Tremendous. I just, I'm, he's tremendous. But oh, no, yeah. like he, he, uh, charismatic, adorable. He like fucking, a human Furby. Phillips. He's Philip Seymour Hoffman. Sure is. Sure he is. fucking gaslighted like a, a religion into existence, bro. Like that's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy you know what, what I mean? a science fiction writer can come up with. Right. All right. So where's Grin- the Tolkien religion? Hold That's on. the one I want. No, no, no. We got to kick this off because Grindhouse has one hour. <laughs> I'm not trying to rain on parades, but I do want us to get it done. All oh, right. Hell. I want to talk about this because I fucking my third watch. There's a reality here. I I really love this movie. I got it. Let's get into it. <laughs> Hold on. And I really didn't want to. That's the best part. But I did. Wait, did you say on your third watch? Third watch. I watched it three times. Y'all are gonna make editing so fun. All right. I wanted to watch it again so it was fresh, so I could talk about it. You know. Yeah, that's what happened with me too, man. You watched it more times than me. Well, I am committed to my craft, sir. <laughs> it was he worth is, it. He I, is wearing I, a nightclub T-shirt. I, I, I am wearing my. Uh, hold on, let me get my DBS logo. In there. Dragon Ball Super, yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Love it. I know. What? I know. <laughs> I. It you know. It, uh, honestly, as much what? as I love working for these guys and I love them in general, if you uh, send me free stuff, I will wear it. So it's kind of just my thing. So I, on I your, can dig it. So on your grindhouse, quick, uh, get get that other shirt that either me or Ricky's. Send it to him because he's gonna wear that on the red carpet, right? That's what you just said on recording. Yeah, I, yeah. Good. I'm so at the point in my life where I don't ever feel the need to dress up anymore. That. If there's something free to me, that's like, ooh, it's special because someone thought to give it to me. Like my daughter gives me a shirt wearing this is the fanciest place I go. It's got no sleeves and kind of dirty. I don't care. An interview with you guys, I'm wearing my DBS because it's free and it's comfy. 
Yeah, boy. See right. what I'm wearing. No one I'm, gives me shit. I'm gonna kick it. I'm gonna get us into it. Here we go. Okay. Welcome. Don't ruin the intro. <laughs> <laughs> right in the ass, Travis. Right in the ass. Yeah. So glad well, I have more movies to promote so I can keep coming out here and doing this. <laughs> I'm waiting for Ricky to fuck me all up. I'm scared to try. I'm looking at I'm looking at you while I'm doing it. I was thinking it. about it. I know you, you fucking are. caught me, so I'm gonna let you do it now. You you uh, rained on my parade. Go for it. Welcome to the nightclub. <laughs> you fucked yourself up. <laughs> Where we are the ones. Who have to uh, stop that Winnebago? I mean that Wendigo. Uh, I mean uh, Chupacabras. Chupacabra. El Chupo. I can't wait. El Chalupa. See how you edit this in after your ridiculously long opening of spooky music. Right. Tell you what, city boy, I can't wait to fuck your girlfriend. Gonna be an off the rails episode. I'm Travis Maxwell Boone, the Witch Doctor of Doom. I'm here tonight with uh Grindhouse motherfucking zombie shooting back some silver bullets and Rickle Bickle, the master pickle, drinking uh his natter days over there. And I got some voodoo ranger juice force, so we all getting turned. Hey, we got a special treat tonight though, because we're we're not alone. We're doing this with a first-time guest, an actor who fucking Thank you, Poltergeist, by the way. Poltergeist OD, friend of the show. Shout out to that boy. Um, he hooked arf, us up. Arf. Yeah. Brap, brap. Because right, like... Uh, Benjamin L. Newmark is our guest tonight. And he posted on Slasher, the Slasher app. And he's like, hey, what podcast should I promote the movie on? And Poltergeist, without hesitation, only name, the only podcast he mentioned was The Nightclub. Bitch. And uh, yeah, we so, the nightclub OD. Here we go. Yeah, and then you got backed up and re-mentioned two or three more times on there too. Benjamin Newmark, sir, thank you for being on the nightclub. And um, this this movie, you, you, this film comes out. Well, you, if this episode comes out on Friday, March thirty first, everyone should be hearing it the day the film comes out. The film is called Forest of Death, and that 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 name is pretty fucking metal. I'm not gonna lie. Black metal as fuck. Yeah, yes. yeah. I want to paint my face and pretend I'm Kiss in the in the dark. dark <laughs> <woods. I'm laughs> up like Brett Michaels, I'm going full on poison for this motherfucker. Yeah. Oh yeah. You sent us a sneak peek of this film, and we watched it. But before we get to the film that you're in tonight, I want to ask about your history with horror movies. Okay. What got, what got you into horror movies? When did you start? 
Oh, young, real young, four or five years old. Um, I was an insomniac as a kid, so I used to watch a lot of Johnny Carson. And then whatever would be on USA or TNT right after that, which ended up being a lot of um, camp horror movies, sleepaway camp. And then probably around 10 or 11. Mm -hmm. 10 or 11, I got really into Friday the 13th. And then I met my best friend when we were 11 or 12 years old. He was a big Jason fan. And suddenly every sleepover became, let's write a Friday the 13th movie and watch it. Let's write two Friday the 13th movies. And then we moved on to Nightmare and then Halloween. And then we moved to the weird stuff. And the weird stuff's what sucked me in. Because my favorite horror movie, slasher movie, is a film called Bloody Murder. Because that's what got me into film. And it's not good. It's (laughs) not a good movie. Oh, those, yeah, <laughs> those are the best. Awesome. Those are the best movies. I, yeah, I, I love it. The Trevor the killer is called Trevor Morehouse. He's, I don't know, 165 pounds soaking wet, doing dead sprints in daylight with a chainsaw to chase people. And they just keep looping the same shots over and over. Oh, and that yeah. was the movie that was like, I think I can do this. I think I can make movies. I think in this industry. So that was the one that's it holds a special place in my heart. The other one is a film called Real Killers that I think it's on YouTube now, but it was one of those five for 10 DVDs at Hollywood Video. And I became obsessed with it because it's the coolest movie. It's the boondock saints of horror movies, but no one's ever seen it. It's got the coolest ending. It's got some of the coolest moments. And it's one of those films I looked at and just, this is the coolest people anyone could be. (laughs) Which again, when I was creating the Roger character, that film was probably at one point one of the basis for that character was just to be like those guys in that movie that nobody ever saw. So this mm-hmm. way, when I do things, maybe I can talk about it and get three people to see it. Uh, for me, growing up, it's that thing of like um, I'm scared. I like being scared, so I keep going back for more and for more. And then later in life, I discovered the deeper layers that are usually in the subtext of horror films, and that just opened yes. like opened my mind. About what age do you think you were like, oh, fuck, this genre's got more to offer? It was 16 years old, Dawn of the Dead, the original, where we watched it. And at some point, it started clicking that the zombies were a metaphor. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I realized that these movies are, are smarter. And going back to my Friday 13th was, oh, you know what? They created him because they were terrible people. They were awful people. In a way, they almost deserved it. Like there's there's a metaphor there for bullying, and you create your own enemy. And with Dawn of the Dead was we're so brainwashed, and we're still going to the mall even after we're mindless, just because that's where we know to go. So that was the one that started showing me there's more to this genre, which now it's it's still what I look for. Like I still look for deeper meanings. And more of what are they really trying to do? Like even with Forest of Death, like depending how you go into it is going to depend how much you like it. Like if you're someone who's from the 60s, 70s, or 80s, you're probably going to love it because it is nostalgia up the ass. It is uh, not, I wouldn't say camp, but it hits the tropes that you want to hit in a classic horror movie. Like I kept describing it like a proper classic horror movie where you have the people in the woods and there's something chasing them. And it's kind of silly. Yeah, it's kind of silly. It's kind of fun. It's definitely scary at some point. (laughs) And then you have the lovable side character that may or may not steal the movie, you know. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) Let's not beat around the bush because um, I did look up some of the articles. We were talking back and forth, and um, hands down, what I can tell from this film so far is it's it's got some haters, but it's got a lot of love too out there from the people that have seen it already. And your character, Roger, is the character that steals the movie. He's like the Kramer, you know. He's the breakout character of 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 this movie. How 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 are you feeling about this reaction, especially given that you were saying now now that you're in this part of your career, you're just going for it, and you're you know trying to channel the what what would you call it like the fuck it I'm gonna go all in like attitude or Um, well. I had two runs in this career and in my life, really. The first run, I was very young and I, I had a lot of success very early and I didn't appreciate it. And I did all the stupid things that stupid young people do to blow an entire career. And then I left the industry completely when, you know, there was no real reason to leave other than I was burnt out and I didn't love it. And I met my wife and I loved her and I loved my family and I love them more than anything. And that has carried over to this now where, you know, I don't have the ego I used to have where I have to make sure that I look great on camera and I've got perfect eyebrows and skin and a tan and muscles. And I lost that. And what I have now is more of um, not a confidence, but more of just this is the job. Here's what I'm here to do. And I'm going to do the best I can do with no matter what I have. And I'm not going to worry about the vain stuff. I'm just going to worry about the performance and being in the moment and giving it everything I can possibly give, which, you know, kind of steal from Nick Cage. You're going to be in a movie for five minutes, for 10 minutes, you're the star. It doesn't matter. You give it everything you got. And when it came to Roger, so much of that was, you know, this may realistically be the last time I'm ever in a movie. I don't know if anyone's going to give me another shot after this. It's going okay, but it's not going great. I'm getting small parts, but I'm not getting a role even this size. So I have nothing to lose. I can't embarrass myself. At the end of the day, no matter what, I come home to my wife, and she's smoking hot, <laughs> which is such a great thing to have in life. Yeah. <laughs> when it's like, it doesn't matter. Like, at the end of the day, I come home to my wife. Like, I don't care what else happens in the day. Like, I I know what I'm coming home to. My life, no matter what, will be good. And I have three kids, and they're great. So if someone says I did a bad performance, oh, well, I was in a movie. Someone says you suck, oh, well, I was still in a movie. Right. I've become such an employee mindset that my goal wasn't to do things I thought people would like or to try and upstage. I went, it was, I'm going to make the director happy which was uh, Brendan Rudnick. I, I just want to make him happy with my performance because I felt like he was taking a big chance on me. And if I did that, I did my job. And he loved it. I did my job. And I was so happy with it. And then, you know, time passes on. I go on to do other stuff. And I never forgot about it. And we maintained a friendship the entire time. But at no point was it ever really one of those hey, man, you gave a performance that people are going nuts for. It was more like, hey, you're testing really well. Hey, people really seem to like Roger. People keep talking about Roger, and it just kept building and building and building. And I was like, okay, well, we're showing friends and family, and he's a funny character. But then when non-fans started saying things, Mm -hmm. and critics started saying things, 
And then we had the, the fan screening and my wife started liking it. And my friends that normally, you know, you're not nice to your friends. You're mean to your friends. You make fun of them. <laughs> but they were, maybe not me, but they were fans of Roger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the more I watched, I was like, you know what? If I had that in me, why am I not just Roger all the time? People you, like him way more than they like me. Can you be Roger uh, now on the show? Well, full disclosure. And I don't know. I'm not giving anything away here. This isn't a spoiler. If you follow DBS on TikTok, you're going to see what they got going on. The character, Roger, not only does he uh, say survive the forest of death, <laughs> he uh, he succeeds in the forest of death. He uh, does some good things. We actually went ahead and gave him his own film. You see, after forest of death later on this year, this is just for you female listeners. You guys can all, you know, go do your own thing. Except for maybe you. You look like you might be interested. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's going to be, be a whole Roger film. That's right. 82 minutes of just this face talking <laughs> to you, saying mildly inappropriate things. It's been a charming way, so you're all going to like it. <laughs> and if you don't, well, you don't count. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't much more to it than that. Here's a Roger census. You like me, you count. You don't like me, you don't count. And everyone wants to count. So the first step to counting, you got to watch Forest to Death, streaming on a lot of platforms. And it's about three dollars. I normally I charge a lot more. Now I do charge a lot more than three dollars for Roger. Usually we're looking at a six, maybe a nine, <laughs> somewhere in between. But it's me three dollars. And here's what I'll say. There's a lot of charities in the world and good causes. And I want you to look at one of them good causes. I want you to look at those and say, you know, they say for a dollar a day, I can change a life. That's $30. That's a lot of money. I don't know anyone's got $30 lying around. But here's what you can do. You can take $3 and you can change a lot of people's lives. Just that $3 by just renting the forest of death on amazon prime or apple tv or voodoo or some other thing that you got i don't know that's above my pay grade three dollars <laughs> a day you can change a life in a beneficial way to somebody you know you don't know some kid in africa no offense to some kid in africa you don't know them. you know me i'm on tiktok i'm on social media you can live vicariously through me through my success you can pretend to be me I'll post on social media and you can say, I knew him before he was famous. I, I, I vaguely remember you. <laughs> Cried out someone spit beer everywhere. <laughs> Damn. Uh, but for just $3, you can be a part of the Roger bandwagon, starting with Forrest to Death, and then, you know, Venmo me some money because I can use it. I like it. And if you're going to send some kid in Africa, you may as well send it to some guy in Florida, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just $3 and then we'll discuss later and then a couple months down the road you do it again for the Roger Project yes yes that is the best I can't sh- believe you I, I can't believe is- spit that beer out that was amazing that was the best shill and it was so on brand Roger holds himself as charity above African kids this is amazing yeah. Ro- Roger's great Roger's yeah. a 10 that was perfect Roger's a 10 Absolutely. Roger is a goddamn 10 and, and we got some I'm just going to say, Roger's Bay. All right. So many things in that speech were said that kind of go back to my first comment about how Roger is the tallest and girthiest cock that's ever walked. 
Yeah. He talked about veins. He talked about having a big head. He uh, talked about well, while you guys are talking about me, I'm going to mute my mic because I really pee because you made me laugh so hard I almost pissed myself. <laughs> Dude, we got a we got an exclusive too. That's the fucking uh the 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 uh how do you say that um, the upcoming Roger movie? I don't even know what it's called, but I'm gonna fucking well, it's it's called the I mean, Roger Project. The Roger Project. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I want to. I want to watch Roger hit on city girls in front of their city boyfriends for ninety minutes. I want to watch it because then, it will be fucking awesome. And then beat the shit out of them. Oh, <laughs> not yeah, the women. Yeah. Not the women. No, yeah, not the not the. No, women. he makes no, he makes no, sweet no, tender long lasting. Well, well, unless they want it. If they want it, that's okay. well. If they want to get smacked around, I don't care. Yeah, uh, uh, that's no, their, their we're prerogative. Judging. We don't judge no, here. Yeah, whatever no. you like is yeah, whatever, whatever you're like. into. You know, you want to get slapped around, Roger will slap you the fuck around. It's 2023. You know, like, like it don't matter no more. It don't matter no more. Whatever you're like into, like a punch man. in the mouth. That's what gets them hot. <laughs> okay. I like peeing in butts. I mean, <laughs> yeah, bro. I mean, you know, in 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 high heels while wearing a dwarf costume with the monkey wings. You totally do. And yeah. we, we love you for it. Thank you for being my top OnlyFans subscriber, by the way, Grindhouse. I appreciate Thank that. You, you got it. I like it when you put the yogurt in your butt. This, this conversation took like a weird turn while I was in the bathroom. <laughs> no, no, we we have a OnlyFans. Super weird turn. Well, Travis is Travis is a, is a he, he's a, he's an interesting conglomeration of things. Yeah. When I was listening to you guys uh, talk about Roger hitting on girls, there is a part to that character that does not exist without Chloe in that movie. Because Roger, as it was on script, was not what came up in the final film. 90% of that character was improvised on the spot. Um, maybe more. But at the table read, which was the first time I ever met these guys, and Chloe and DBS had done The Girl in Cabin 13, uh, former number one film on Tubi. So I was a fan of that film before I met her, so I was a little, slightly starstruck. And the original script had me just insulting her and a little nervous. But her entire attitude was just bring it up, bring it up. The more you can do. So I started to try and amp it up and rev it up and amp it up and rev it up. And the day of that fire pit scene, um, which was 99% improvised off the top of my head, um, 12 to 13 minute monologue, three or four takes. We were uh, hanging out in the guest house with Dylan, who is a rock star, him and his little lighter. And we were watching Moonlight, and something in that scene wasn't hitting me right. It just it wasn't clicking, and I wasn't vibing. I was getting a little upset with it. And Chloe came to hang out with us, and she started asking me about my wife and my kids. And she's a beautiful human being that I shit all over. And while she was talking to me, I had the script in my hand, and that's where the thought process of the wife came from why I went down that road as opposed to what was originally written about a brother or a cousin or something. Oh, okay. Okay. And it came from her asking me, me telling her about my wife, you know, she got diamond eyes and very voluptuous, beautiful woman. I talk great to my wife all the time. Just great big yeah. Like the, <laughs> that, whole, that whole speech is about my wife. And I think it's part of the reason she likes the character. It's me blowing her up to the entire world. Oh, but that um, line, but, that line, Benjamin, where you say that, you say it like she was smart, she was intelligent, she was, and she had great big breasts. Like it was just a natural part of the phenomenon that was her. It was so, 
I love that, it. That, I just love that is that is kind of how I describe my wife. She's a great wife. She's a great woman. She's a great daughter. She's a great mom. She's smoking hot and great big breasts. Yes, uh, I just but, I, I yeah that. that I love that. It's weird how I I got to that character of Roger with just like going after Stephanie and Chloe, but a large part had to go to them with them being like yeah no no more 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 yeah no it's funny when you insult us keep insulting us I, I kind of felt like Don Rickles and then I started doing it to them. <laughs> And then, you know, it just kind of became a thing that Rogers was going to go after everybody. Mm-hmm. And it just felt so natural when you're in that moment to just go with it. And even the, I can't wait to fuck your girlfriend. That was just me <laughs> screwing around with Ty. We just kept doing that. And it was just, he would say something and then I would say something, he would say something. And I just got to that line. But there's probably three or four other takes where I said something just as ridiculous. But I was just feeding off of him. So it's... I know people really like Roger, but he doesn't exist without the other actors encouraging and going with me and working in my way or Brendan and Kellen there saying, okay, so you just want to make up your own stuff. So we're going to invest all this money into this film. We're going to do the script. Everyone's going to learn the lines. And you're just going to make up your own stuff. She's going to take everything we've built to this moment. We're just going to throw it out. <laughs> okay, go for it. Let's see how, let's see how this goes. Okay. And they were in and they were on board and, we were constantly rewriting the scene as we were doing it, but like I love that character. I like that it's me, but I'm not naive to know that it wasn't an entire team to allow that to happen. Because if at any point Chloe's been like, I'm not comfortable, I wouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. If Ty said, I only can make fun of my character, I wouldn't have done it. If Brendan said, stay on script, I wouldn't have done it. It took everyone understanding and vibing and coming together. And that's one of those magic things that sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't, but that's the biggest reason that like, I'm wearing my DBS hoodie now is I love working for them, but they're my friends now. I want to work with them a lot more. We've already done another Roger movie. So I'm hoping these do well. Cause I really like playing this character. We've got some other ideas. Oh, well you can tell, you can tell going through this movie that the people on set all vibe. You can, yeah, tell. The chemistry is very natural. Obvious. Yes. Yeah, big time. Perfectly said. There, it was um, it was one of the best sets I've ever been on. I loved working with them, and you know, I, I kind of dorky. I texted Brendan like fifteen times. I he's actually become my favorite person to text stupid things to, because I'll come up with weird ideas, like bad movie ideas, and I'll just text it to him, and he'll respond with have an idea for that movie already. It's written down. Here's the pitch. And it's better than my idea. <laughs> it's been on for a year now. And I stay in touch with pretty much everyone. Like we, this week, I think we've all messaged each other at least once a day. And that's really not normal. Like out of all the other films I've done, I may keep in touch with uh, four or five people, like 30 films, four or five people is all I keep in touch with. But it really was one of those. Here's an example. So you saw the movie you saw Ty. He looks like Tom Cruise. You know, he he's just better than we are. He just looks like a, a Greek god. That's just what, what he uh, looks like. He wakes up and he looks Tom? like that. That's Tom. I think okay. so. Yeah, when you when you meet him, you're like, oh, this pretty motherfucker. This bitch just gets everything handed to him. And the first thing I did when I met him was I stole his energy drink by accident. And remember, <laughs> I'm a tiny little character. He's the lead. I'm like, I'm getting fired. I just got here. I stole the Leeds drink. I'm getting fired. And he screwed me a little bit. He's like, man, that was mine. It was like $4. And I was like, oh, shit, I got $5. I'll give you $5. And he's like, 
dude, I'm screwing with you. And I was like, oh, okay. So, like, you know, I'm not giving in. He's messing with me. And then I see him at four in the morning doing dishes. Because mm-hmm. on a DBS set, they don't do catering. What they do is they go food shopping for you. So instead of having lunch at noon or whatever, they go and they stock the fridge with whatever you want. When you're hungry, you just eat. When you got time, you sleep. So there he is at 4 a.m. after everyone's eating, doing everyone's dishes. Nice. Everyone's dishes. Wow. Be a real one. He's not, like, this man's not human. And Chloe is the coolest girl in the world because she's just going to say, take the scene, do whatever you want. As if it's not her movie. She hasn't starred in a number one horror film, but she understands the scene. She knows where it has to go. So she's going to steer it to me. This guy's going to steer it to me. Same thing with Steffi. No, take the scene. And it was one of those where when you're in this industry for a long time, you learn that ego is a really important thing. You can't step on anyone's ego because it doesn't matter what you're trying to do. If their ego is too big to see it, you're screwed. And I look at myself as a point guard. My job is to, to make everyone better. My job is to get you the ball so you can score. Sometimes it's my turn. But for the most part, my mentality is to be a point guard. And when you're giving the ball to really talented people that are in their prime and they're succeeding and their immediate instinct is to give it back to you and the director's encouraging it. Yeah. That's, that's really how you get to one of those moments. I forgot where I was going with that. I kind of well, got caught up in uh, well, no, you, a little bit of emotion right there. I like what, what it is to me is that you have an unbridled charisma Especially when you don this character, I mean, so much so that you guys, like you've already said, y'all have made another film based on this character. Critics are raving about this character. You tapped into somebody, like you tapped into a great character with this, and you're you're making the point that it was it couldn't have happened without the collaboration of your you know your your teammates, everyone that you're making this film with, and I think that's a beautiful thing. DBS Films, by the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into them a little bit more because I, honestly, I haven't seen this is the first film I've seen by DBS Films. Oh, you um, gotta uh, don't look at all their stuff. Uh, look at their most recent. <laughs> well, for for listeners, three there's three that you gotta watch. The girl uh, in cabin Forest thirteen, right? No, 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 fuck that. Uh, oh, Force oh. of Death, number one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta you gotta start Force of Death. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. And then you got to go with Girl in Cabin 13. Ah, there's the haunt, two I like next. The, haunt, the Haunting of the Murder House, right? Ooh, yeah, it's a good one, but I'm trying to remember the name of the one with Frank the Demon. Damn it. Oh, it's their it's their best and worst one at the same time. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I love it. Oh, I'm perking up on that one, too. <laughs> yeah, it's... Oh. Is it Morgan oh, Estate, Suicide House, Into the Forest, The Unseen, The Invited, Gone? Uh, I think it's Suicide House. I think it's Suicide House with Frank the Demon. It's right. a, it's one it's one of those movies that if you like horror and you like the 80s horror, where sometimes it's just a little silly, it's amazing. To, to Travis's point, um, the chemistry with the actors here is, for me, is palpable. You can see how everyone like completely gets along. But I think that's a big piece of what sells the, what I, I, I like in my heart, and it, you guys can disagree with me if you want to. There's a moment where I got into the thing, like I was in the thing, like who is who, and I don't know. And I loved, I, I fucking loved the Tom at Two Doors back and forth. I love that. And I loved Dylan just going up and going, you're Tom, you're Tom, and just going with the lighter. With the lighter, oh, yeah. That was such yeah. 
That was originally supposed to be a really badass lighter with a big flame, but it broke. And I think that little, I think that little lighter makes it so much better. Oh, it does. It does. Cause it, just, it has one in their pocket. It make, it's, this is, this is what someone would really have. And it looks as ridiculous as it would in real life. And it's still terrifying. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. That, that was one of the scenes for me where I was just like, I mean, it, it not only cemented my love of this movie, but it like it, it cemented the part of my brain that says this is what would really happen. Somebody's going to have the stones to go up to the window and go, are you? And just go. When you said earlier that the movie is like the things that somebody who's into horror is going to want, it goes into the tropey stuff. It's got some of the 80s throwback, but that it also does genuinely get creepy. There were a few scenes in this film, and that actually is one of them. The Tom and Tom scene freaked me out. I want to. I want. I want us to go ahead and get into it. Um, we're gonna. We're gonna do. This is not a traditional midnight ritual. We're not gonna spoil everything scene by scene. This is the first time we've actually ever done this. This is sort of a. Um, it's up to a certain point, uh, spoiler free. Or yeah, well, and 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 we're gonna you know try to hold on the ending of this movie because we want everyone to go and spend their three dollars and give it well, to Roger. Do you want to talk about it and then we get to the point of the ending? Just say like, "Hey, spoilers from here forward." We, we sure I'll be can. Honest, I'm one of those people that I listen to spoilers, and as soon as I hear the spoilers, I'm like, "Oh, now I need to see this." Now that we've shed that skin, let's go ahead and dive into tonight's midnight ritual. If you have not seen tonight's film, which you probably haven't because it's brand fucking new, go watch it. <laughs> as Roger plugged earlier, it's on. I mean, um, watch it at midnight. I'm hoping some people have seen it at this point. They ought to. Apple TV, Vudu, uh, anywhere you Amazon, can rent. Yeah. Amazon Prime, basically everywhere, but Netflix and HBO Max. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of different streamers have jumped on this film, which was a, a, a nice boost of confidence. Since you um, have seen tonight's film, by, by this point, we're beckoning you to go. You don't need to prepare for the ritual. You're already prepared. So let's dive into Forest of Death. Oh, you bastards. Why are you torturing me like this? Why? Shut up. We're gonna get you. Not another Forest of Death is a 2023 supernatural horror film directed by I don't know how to Brendan, pronounce Brendan Rudnicki. Brendan Rudnicki, thank you. This is a DBS Films production. Um, I don't know a lot about this company, but I like their style already, and I like their little motto is like, uh, "We make movies for horror fans." We make with we horror make, fans. Yeah, we make films for our fans with our fans is their motto. And they are a hundred percent true about that. I will attest to it. For fucking horror fans, I'll tell you what. Yeah. This is a horror fans horror movie. It is, especially with a lot of the the one liners that that uh, Dylan has for Tom. Where he, there's a couple of things. He's like, "Yeah, good job, Tom," and he's like, he's saying good job, but he's saying at the same time, "You don't fuck you, dude, bro." <laughs> he's literally saying "fuck you, dude, bro." And I love that. Oh, sorry about the cat's ass. Fuck asshole. you, bro, dude. Oh, Kex's <laughs> ass. Kex's ass is here. Asshole. There we it's go. a show now, bitch. Now we got the OnlyFans going. Yeah. So, so I, 
what the hell a, was that really that was when wow. the cat comes when the cat comes we go only fans and it gets x-rated welcome to off. the nightclub i love the welcome. fact that how you welcome. were just complimenting dylan who never gets complimented anything oh, is I interrupted by a cat's butthole i loved his character i love how he he takes being called a pussy so many times this movie i believe i there was three times he was called a pussy in this movie and he, he he lets it roll off because people in life say things to you and you just got to let it roll off. But in every situation, he fucking mans up and he goes and he looks, he goes around the side of the house and he looks, he does everything. And he's just like, he, he knows that his quote unquote best friend forever, Tom really is a giant fucking douchebag. And, and he, he's hoping that he fucking dies somehow because like, I was hoping that he died somehow. This movie fucking from, from the opening scene, where you have immediately like and to me this was a creepy scene um where the boyfriend goes to check on whatever the fuck the noise was and he comes back and the girlfriend's like you know what what the hell and something's off about this guy she goes in the well, garage. he just got sucked off screen i killed it i killed it do, do you know who that actor was? is the actor no. in the opening scene is uh kellen Rudnicki. He's the co-executive producer for DBS, one of the writers. Basically, him and his brother run the company. Mm-hmm. And he constantly, he's like the silent Bob of DBS. He just pops up in these little bit parts, and he crushes it, and he kills it, and he goes away. That's dope. If you see a Suicide House or Murder House, the last one, he's the guy in the van. And to me, he steals the movie. I think he's hysterical. I'll never tell him that to his face. And I, God, I hope he doesn't listen to this to hear this. But yeah, he's hysterical. They I better they better movie. all listen to this. DBS nightclub collaboration. Let's make a movie. Anyway, well, um, collaborate and listen. <laughs> fucking straight. This garage kill, bro. It, oh, it starts out so hot. It starts out so hot with mm-hmm. the him, the him seeing something, and then he gets sucked into that room, and he comes out and he's like, "Don't worry, I killed it." But he has that look in his face, like he's like, "Walk in there and check, honey. It'll be fine." I, <laughs> that look, I love that look. And she does, and she sees him on the floor with his fucking. Both of his eye sockets have been like full on. Let's go to Mardi Gras. My eyes got poked out. <laughs> you man. know, you know what's amazing about that? Faulty is, regurgitated eyeballs. Yeah, but that's not the that's not the original opening. Really? They had a different opening, and it didn't test well. What's the original? And they opening? testing. I don't. I never saw it. Oh. But because they use their fans for so much, they give them like, hey, here's an early screening. Let us know what you think. But you got to be honest. And people like they're the DBS fans shit on the DBS films more than anybody, but in the most positively cr- critical way. So they just did a whole different opening to try and speed it up and get it better. And this opening is amazing. And it was such a shocker. Like I didn't I didn't see that opening coming. Um, it was super well done. I. I want to critique one thing here. I don't know if it's too early, but I want to critique one thing. This is just a horror. Go for it. The demon head over the top with teeth and everything. That happened too many times. I I think it would have worked if it would have been right at the beginning and then right at the end. Yes, but they had two more moments of it it where I was like... It worked fine for me. I I liked it. I like seeing that face. We just just nitpicking. I didn't think about it. I kind of got a kick out of seeing it because I, in my head, it's just that I got a picture with that. So every time I see it, I know that guy. Oh, okay. Skinwalker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the scare factor. I mean, Some of my best friends are skinwalkers. Well, and here's the hard part. They didn't even like change the angle. 
So like it was the same every single yeah, time. Yeah, but I dig the angle though. Like I don't know, it, it makes and it that's... feel more supernatural. Like this dude's well, always coming at you like that. Talking about a movie that I loved, I'm just I I'm I'm picking at the shit that was like No, no, I know, and that's what I'm doing too. It's I'm valid. Really it's valid. It well. I was in the director's chair, right? If I was in the director's chair. And the other yeah. thing that I would have done, the one other thing, there should have been at least one pair of boobs in this movie. There should have been there should have been one pair of boobs. You, you, you know what's funny? Uh oh. <laughs> I hear I hear two things a lot. <laughs> one is that And Roger should have went more Roger. Yeah, more yeah. Roger. Yeah. Full front of Roger. Next <laughs> no, time. No, we, we needed we oh, needed boobs yeah. and dong, bro. That's yeah. what we needed. Su- supply the boobs, supply the dong, and I'm there for Forest of Death. No. The the Rogerining. No. We wanted the Roger As a serious horror fan, as a serious horror fan who gets into this stuff who it feeds my lifeblood okay if roger would have stood up in front of that fire with his hat on and done yeah. the, the stance, that would have replaced any need i had for boots it would have straight up like and mostly I, mostly if he would have bounced it off tom's mouth if he just went yep there was a take roger's gonna skull fuck the wendigo or i mean the skinwalker <laughs> What if, what if instead of pouring the beer in the fire, he would have just stood up, undid his belt, unzipped his pants, and just pissed on it? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you know, oh, keep your better. fire lit, bitches. Just, it, stir, it, just stirred the coals. Just stirred the if coals. We, if we could have pulled that shot off, that was discussed. Oh, That's dope. I love the intro art. Like, the way this movie, the title credits and all the artwork used in it. Yeah. Dude, whoever put that together, that's – I love a good title card. Y'all have a great – title card a great opening great title card a great introduction to a lot of characters who feel very natural and i really really have to shout out the fucking soundtrack to this movie every song oh and y'all this is the motherfucking montage movie because because we get like four montages in this bitch but but it's saved by this i'm gonna say this because too many montages would would irk me you guys the production team whoever made this decision in this film not only to have y'all on camera doing fun friend shit that actually made oh. me feel like I wanted to be there. <laughs> Kex's ass returns. The Roger inning. The songs they chose to put over these oh. scenes are yeah. awesome. Awesome. And the shot composition as well. It's all Brendan Rudnicki. He is um, the director, the DP. He's the one that works with the actors. He is the final editor, I believe. God, you know, he, he's probably the hardest working human being I've ever seen, especially on a movie set, because I don't think he sleeps. I don't think he rests. I sure as hell know he doesn't eat and he doesn't drink. So somehow he just endures strapping this 85 pound rig to his bat. Oh, my God, it's a cat's butthole right in my face. It's happening so much more. Right in my face? It's Why happening keep going so much right more. <laughs> what is wrong with this cat? It's happening more than it's she, ever happened. She, she she wants Roger to fuck her, dude. <laughs> she's a fan of Roger. She's a fan of Roger. Sorry, I did not do that on purpose. No, he's not doing that on purpose. That is amazing. Oh, ah, <sighs> okay. So so yeah, it's all it's all Brendan. He's, Brendan, um, Brendan is the mastermind. He is the force of he's nature. Like, uh, I was gonna say Leonardo DiCaprio, but I meant Leonardo da Vinci. He's where da Vinci. He can just do five different things. Renaissance man. At this, yeah, it's 
to watch him and his brother work is wild because they'll sit there in silence for a minute, say two words to each other, and then say something that can dramatically change an entire scene in such an incredible way. With no word. Yeah, they're, like, would... they're like the Coen brothers. They're psychic. Well, it's they, this is their – the Roger Project was their 13th film. And that one was just a party. It was a great time because we'd already done Forest of Death together. But Forest of Death, even watching them work, just even deciding on a scene or a cut or a reshoot, and again, no ego involved. So whatever they throw out there is what they both feel and agree upon is the best for the film. And it's just it's it can take someone like me who has a million ideas. And a million ideas doesn't mean I have a, a million great ideas. It means I have two. But they have this way of sucking those one or two great ideas out and expanding upon them. Mm. And when he shoots a film, he knows exactly what he wants because he knows what he can do. He knows what he wants to edit because he's going to edit it. So from the moment he starts writing it to the moment he's editing it, he knows exactly what he wants. So it makes shooting a film with him so much easier because at any point he can tell you exactly what he wants because that's what he needs. And once he gets that, then you can just play. And that's when you can have fun. That's really where the magic happens. Did the magic happen when y'all first got there? Well, I'll say y'all. I'm sorry. Roger's not introduced yet. So the friend group gets there. And does this really happen? Did y'all really magically spark up in the fucking woods with a blunny? Um, I think the bonding was... Just say, yeah, they smoked a blunt. It would be such a more rock star answer. But no, the fact is they work with Chloe on Girl Cabin 13. They work with Ty in Murder House. Dylan worked on both films. Stephanie was new. I was new, but most of the cast had known each other. And once you get to know Brendan, it's it's like immediate bonding because they're just so relaxed and calm that they have the ability to, to create a fun atmosphere. Like when I got there, I felt like I was interrupting a party. I showed up on day three of filming and it felt like I was walking into somebody's party where they were having a good time and I was interfering, but they were making a movie. Mm-hmm. But when you make a movie and you're enjoying it, like, yeah, you're tired, and sometimes it hurts, and sometimes you get a concussion, you get beat up a little bit. <laughs> but when you're generally enjoying it and you're having a good time, it doesn't feel like that much work. And to anyone who's never been to film, it sounds very bougie and stupid. Like acting is not hard. I've done blue collar. I've done acting. They're both hard in totally different ways. And like both, when you enjoy what you do, it's not that hard. A film set where the director kind of sucks, the actors kind of suck, that's hard work. That sucks. But on a DBS set, everyone's your best friend. Because if they're not, they wouldn't have been casted. You know, The best actor goes for a role, and they're not cool. They're not going to cast them. They'd rather go with the second, third, or fourth best. Or in my case, like the tenth choice, I guess. <laughs> But they know that they're going to be good on the set. They're going to work hard. They're passionate. They care about what they do. Yeah. Funny story. Roger was my third audition. I did not. um, I auditioned for the two leads. I didn't get it. And I wrote Brendan a letter asking if I could audition for this character that was not written to be like me. Gave me a shot. Gave me a live audition. Offered me the job on the spot. And part of the reason I threw so much into this character was I felt like he took such a chance on me that, you know, kind of a hint of desperation, but kind of, you know, this guy is giving me this chance. He's paying me to do this job that he didn't really write this character for. I owe it to him to give him everything I got. 110%. I got to throw it in this character. Well, do they know, though? Do they know from the people that have seen this movie? And I've now seen it three times. 
that Roger, Roger is the anchor character in this movie. Yeah, I love the other characters, but Roger is like out in the woods going, one, two, Roger's coming for <laughs> Oh, so you you like that part. Yes. Love it. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that seems to be a divisive thing where people are saying that I just, I ripped off another movie because I did because obviously Roger has seen that movie. And he's but trying it's, to scare a, people. It's a exactly. nod to horror films. It's a nod. It's yeah, a exactly. nod, that's man. They like fuck with each other. That's exactly how plus, they fuck with each other. Shh. On the down low, my wife is terrified of Freddy Krueger. <laughs> the fan screening we saw of this movie didn't have that in it. She's yet to see that part of the movie. She's terrified. That's just in there, kind of to scare her because nice. I love her and adore her. But when you get a chance to scare the living hell out of your wife, you're gonna take it. Mm. Oh fuck! So yes. yeah. March 31st, when we buy this on five different streaming platforms, because you know oh. I'm going to. Nice. Um, I'm gonna watch her freak out, maybe have a panic attack <laughs> because she's gonna hear her husband as a character saying the thing that scares her more than anything. Oh. So. The people that it. hate that because it takes you out of the movie, man, I'm sorry. The people that get it, you got it. And for me personally, high five to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's like it's like wearing your inspiration on your sleeve, right? You know, it. I I, lo- I, I personally love when movies do shit like that. We know the movie we're making. It's a it's a nostalgia film, a throwback to the '80s when horror movies were at their absolute prime because there was no CGI, so it kind of had to be real. You may stab a guy. So you put in one little nod to, to Freddy Krueger, I, I think the people that get it will understand. Oh, yeah. A movie like this is for horror fans. I mean, let's be upfront. Um, Let's get to the scene, though. The scene. It's the set piece for the trailer, which the trailer is what sold me on this movie when you sent it to me. Oh, the fire pit. Yes, Roger's fire pit scene. Um, we've met you and Uncle Joe already, but the kids are out partying at night. They're having a little fire, a first night at the cabin, and who comes moseying along but good old Raj. You've said you've improvised a lot, so now I'm learning this. My original question was going to be, when you see this scene, you know you're going to have a wordy piece, you know, a meaty piece of the script right here, um, uh, where you drop a lot of lore, which is crucial to the film for people who don't know what the fuck a skinwalker is. Nor does the film really ever explain it other than what you get to say about it. So when you see this scene in a script, I I know you're probably like, oh, yeah, here I get I get to I get to flex. I get to show my range. But on the day of I have to prime the pump here. I have to prime the pump here because your monologue at the fire pit reminded me so much of Pearl's monologue at the end of Pearl. Like you just went and you went and. There's such a huge piece of that that I admire that you can just keep talking like that and you can keep telling the lore. But it reminded me of the monologue in Pearl where it was like played out over like four minutes and it was just, oh my God, dude, it was so awesome. It's, it's I, like eight and a half minutes, four minutes. Maybe it's an I eight and a that. half minute monologue <sighs> cut down from 12. Yeah. I didn't have the director's cut. So four <laughs> minutes. But it was oh so God. awesome. And it was, and just, we're back again to the whole, you got the hat. You got the big, giant, veiny staff that you wheeled around through this entire movie. It was so <laughs> awesome for me. I just, 
I, I loved it so much. So, I mean, like, like for you, like sitting down in front of that fire and knowing that you're basically the interloper on this whole thing, it's like, how did you pull that off and how did you make it so seamless? Well, this is a, a again to Brendan. When he initially cast me, he told me, he's like, hey, this character is a character we have not nailed the way I want to nail it yet. I really want this to be the Lord Dump. I want it to be a wild card. I want this to, to be more of a, a red herring. And I took that and I said, okay. Because the original idea of the character was classic gas station attendant trope. More Friday the 13th. Like, y'all kids better not go out there because you're going to see a monster. That monster's going to get you. Right. We wanted to avoid that. We wanted to do a little bit more. So him you know him and i just becoming friends pretty quickly we have a love of kurt russell and we came to the thing which is the goatee and the hair the the, the beard that i was trying to grow up, was it's a nod to kurt russell of from the thing we kind of want to do something like that we don't know who it is maybe it is him maybe it is roger maybe it's not roger so what can we do with the scene because the original scene was him saying there's a skinwalker out here he can look like any one of you and you know, I know it's real because I saw my cousin out there one time. My cousin been dead. That was it. Two two pages of monologue, and you know, Brendan wrote it, and he said to me, "He's like, hey, I hate this. I hate this. It's terrible." I said, "Okay, well, I know every word." And he said, well, "You know, if there's something you could bring to it, just do more." And we had a couple rehearsals, and every time it was more of. Just throw out any idea and see what sticks. We threw some things at the wall. We got a better idea of the character. We extended it. We made it longer. And then we got to the day of, and it wasn't clicking. And we expanded on a little bit. And it was a little bit better. But it was really that afternoon with Chloe and Dylan just talking about my wife. And I, I felt as Roger, he can do so much more than just tell a story. I felt he can be engaging, intimidating, uncomfortable. Um, I thought he, I could really play him as, I think he might be the bad guy. Like if he ends up being a shapeshifter, I won't be surprised. Everything he's saying is a complete lie. And he's not scared of fire. If everything he says is just a lie, I think, I think I can do that. And maybe an hour before the scene, I kind of had a vibe and I, I kind of had this thought in my head of, you know, this guy's wife's gone missing. He's just a mess. And he's going to take on every motherfucker that comes out here and thinks that they're just going to come out here and have a good old time. Meanwhile, their entire lives will be ruined by those woods right over there. And every time I look at those woods, I think about the horror and the sorrow and everything I felt when I lost her. And these people are coming here. They're going to party and have a good time. I'm not going to let them have their good time because I deserve mine. So yeah, come on out here, city folk. Come on out here and see Roger. Come on out here and drink and have a good time and party, but you know what? You're all going to end up dead. You know why? Because you shouldn't be here. And I'm going to tell you why you shouldn't be here, but you're not going to listen. But I'll tell you what. Make your life live in hell. And so you respect this place, you respect these woods, and you respect me. And so you do that. Can't wait to fuck your girlfriend. <laughs> I was waiting out. I was going to go. <laughs> and it's, um, <laughs> and this is literally like 
45 minutes before we're about to shoot. And I even said like, Hey, I think I'm going to do something and I don't want to get fired. So I'm just going to do it. And uh, right before we go to take, Brendan comes up to me and he's like, Hey, what do you think about doing? And I didn't realize that, you know, Dylan had said like, Hey, this crazy guy is going to do something crazy. Because <laughs> um, I was. And I told Brendan, he's like, okay, just do it. And I was like, you sure? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah just, just, just do it and see what happens. And I said, all right, but they, I'm, I'm going to hit all their, I'm going to hit all the beats for everyone else so they know where their line is. So can you just tell them to just listen for their cue? And what ended up happening was instead of doing like a rehearsal take, we just did the first take. And it was a little bit of a head nod and me saying the line that feeds Ty, the line that feeds Dylan, Stephanie, and Chloe, just feed them the line. And then it was the, my daughter just walked into a shopping cart. I have a shopping cart at my house. Don't even oh, know the story, but. I was like, wait, what? Shada <laughs> <laughs> BB. I'll tell you what, as a person um, who has watched this movie and is, is honestly loving this movie, um, it's so awesome to talk to you as an actor who who did this character and at the same time someone who watches this movie and has never wanted to be Roger more than I do right now. <laughs> well, I want to walk into a room and go, like, fuck all you say they fuck. By the way, I'm going to fuck your girlfriend. I'm going to drink your seltzers because they're fucking here. I will, <laughs> I will bring you a jar of moon pits later because you're a dumbass and pay me 20 bucks for it. But just the character and just how how they keep Roger. Because if you watch this movie, Roger is, even when he's not there, he's he's this really odd little focus most of the time. Like, he's in their pictures, and he's, like, he's in the background. They're always like, talking about him and thinking about yeah. him, too. I mean, I don't blame him. Yeah. It's like, Roger's here, and it's like, he's messing with us. And it's like, oh, no, he's the bad guy. Oh, no, he's going to save us. To take a character and have him be so... Um, like such a dichotomy the entire time. Like you have no idea where Roger stands. I love where Roger, Roger is everywhere. I, I love he where is Roger. Everything. <laughs> I love. I love Roger's how... cosmic now. <laughs> Dude, you know why he's super cosmic for reals? If we get to the point where Roger goes to space, it means this film did really well. Oh, no, yeah, no, no. Well, well. Uh, second that, but also you're already cosmic because you know where Roger was the whole time. The motherfucker was watching a ball game. <laughs> Drinking beer, chilling out. He's like, the star of the movie, and he was watching a fucking baseball game. I, li- I like when he's like, oh, uh, they're calling for you because they call Uncle Joe. This is later in the film, but the, the, oh, yeah. the kids at the They're not looking for a good for time. You. They're not going to talk to you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, that whole scene ended up being improvised. Oh. Oh. What's funny is um, Reggie, the actor that plays Uncle Joe, Hundred percent on script, hundred percent on script, which means someone like me, I can do whatever I want as long as I hit the beat that gets it back to him. So almost everything that happened in there was just kind of me on twenty four netty lights. Nice. Hey, was was Dylan written to be a beta? Uh, Dylan was written to be Dylan. Yeah, which is <laughs> Dylan in real life is similar to that character, except way more of a badass. <laughs> I would imagine he would sneak the badassery because he plays – I'm giving props to the actor. He played a – for my interpretation of this character and what I saw, he played a hell of a beta who um, eventually in the film does turn into a badass. But at the at the beginning, I was like, ooh, Dylan, 
you yeah. just you, brother. Here, you talk for a minute. I gotta pee again. <laughs> You're good. Go back to talking about how great I am. I'm gonna mute my mic for a second. <laughs> <laughs> we, well, this this definitely. I mean, look. I'm leaving all that in. You know, you already know because of what people are saying, like what your character is. And your character definitely is the breakout character. I do like that everyone else does shine in this movie, though, in their own way. I, I can't remember her character's name. I think it's Ashley. Um, Tracy. No, it's not. No. There's no There's no. no Tracy. It's Ashley. There's no Tracy? No. May, well, not in the main group. Um, and there's not many side characters, so I don't think there is a Tracy. But I think it's Chloe that plays Ashley. I think she's really good. Whoever plays Tom is really good. Dylan, I'm on the fence about Dylan, and I'll talk about that in my final thoughts. But Roger definitely is the strongest character in the film. And I thought he'd be more of a character based on the trailer. I was surprised that you were um, not even part of the main friend group, to be honest with you. But that didn't take away from your performance, obviously not from the performance or from your memorability. Because in it, to quote our friends at Shuttle the Pod – you're sticky. You sticky. stick with, yeah, you stick with the audience and it might be hashtag well, tre- tremendous. You know, that's, that's also how I feel like Roger works because he's not the lead at this point. Like, yeah, I mean, he does get his own movie, but um, at this point he's not the lead. And when you look at the other characters in the film, like the thing I like most about this is that when you see Ty and Chloe, your first instinct is, oh, look at Fred and, and Daphne. Like That's clearly the Scooby-Doo gang. They're going to be the last two to live. They're the stars of the film because there's the blonde and there's Tom Cruise. <laughs> it seems it's going to hit every 80s horror trope, mm-hmm. but then it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It takes a little turn. There are some dumb character choices in this movie to me, like whenever they don't immediately start asking Joe and Roger for help. Um, they they kind of have a talk about it after they look at the photos, and I'm like – the photos, by the way, for the audience uh, show people in the photos who are in the background who aren't supposed to be there. And it's it's you know, this is a minor spoiler. Yeah, that's the skinwalker lurking, lurking like a creep, but like a um, freak <laughs> no, but I, skinwalker I, freaks. But I also think when they showed the original guy who dies and then they had those pictures <laughs> of Roger in the background, Effective. I don't think. I don't think Roger's a skinwalker. I think he's just out in the forest, like <laughs> just flexing his guns. Oh, he's flexing as fuck. Yeah, he totally is. I think that's what he's just. But he's just I, flexing I, his I, guns. I also like the smart yeah. choices the characters make. They're small, smart decisions that I thought were really cr- critical of, the, like um, how this plot played, where the characters close doors behind them. For yeah, instance, they like up, yeah, else. like there's little things that happen throughout the movie that I'm like. Whoever wrote this film and wrote that into the script, they 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 were at least thinking ahead, and they still kept in dumb character choices to keep the movie going. Because without dumb you know character what's choices, funny, the- what's great about that is uh, again, it's the way a DBS set works, where everyone has a voice and everyone has their opinion. Now, it doesn't mean it's necessarily going to happen. Like I've had some crazy ideas working with Brendan, and he's just looked at me and said, "What? No," and he's <laughs> done that with some other people, but. For example, Chloe, when she showed up to the table read, she had like 40 or 50 different ideas in there for her character of this is gaslighting. This is something we can't do. This is what we want to do. This isn't where we're going to go. And it was just different character thoughts. And you don't always get that as an actor. You don't always get that as a writer. But when you work with someone who doesn't have an ego, 
and whose only goal is to make the best film. He will listen to every single idea, and he did. And some of those little things, they kick in. They add up. For example, like everyone's favorite line, can't wait to fuck your girlfriend. There's so many different versions of that that you trust the person that's going to edit the film. You you trust the person directly to pick the best one. And clearly he did. I think he made me look way better than I probably am. But his, the trust in him as an actor is what gets to those little moments of like, hey, I'm going to close the door behind him because that's what a smart person would do. Mm-hmm. And George's like, yeah, that is what's smart. Okay, let's do that. Let's do yeah. that. Okay, do one where you don't do that. Okay, now do it with it. Just so he has that option of, are we dumbing it up? Or are we playing it smart? Are we dumbing that's a, it up? That's a great. So he that's has a, that's choices. somebody who's editing while he's filming. You're right. That's exactly what I would do, for real. Like that would be a good call. Is like, what take do I want to use when I'm making the film? That's fucking dope. That's exactly what you do. The fire pit scene. We did it four or five times, ten to twelve minutes, one take every time. No, no one flubs a line. No one messed up. And if they do, we just go through it because, hey, people in real life did this stutter. So someone in a movie may not know what they're saying. So you just go with it. And when you have talented people, you can do that, which we did. But for that theme, it was um, – That you, scene with Roger in front of the fire pit? With oh, the, the – And he's like, yeah, oh, oh, I'm the problem. I'm the problem. And then he just gets comfortable and starts talking. See, that's, I fucking love that. I love – like, yeah, I'm the problem. Fuck all of y'all. Yeah. I don't care. See, and all that's improvised. All that is stuff oh, that so came cool. from being able to make choices and having confidence that you, you know, you're you not going to get fired. And the, the director and Kellen, who's right there, who is um, annoyingly brilliant at times, can just coach you through it and can help you through it. And the other actors in the scene are going to get you through it. So it's, if I say something stupid, we're just going to keep going. If I make a mistake, we're just going to keep going. And then when we're done, we're going to figure out how to make it better. So you get to a scene like, am I the problem? Oh, I'm the problem, ain't I? It's one of those, we hit a pothole. Like, where do we go from here? Like, how do I get to the next part? And, you know, I was trained in improv. So my objective is just yes and. Like, yay, how do we get to the next part? Yay, how do we get to the next part? So it's oh, I got I to gotta move this scene along to get to the next part of this monologue? Okay, well, I'm going to... What is everyone here thinking in this scene right now? Oh, y'all are staring at me like I'm crazy. Is it me? I'm making y'all uncomfortable. Okay. it's. It, I'm sorry about that. And then it's having Kellen or Brendan throw a suggestion like, hey, someone egg him on. Like, Let's egg him on so he has that confidence to sit back down and say, y'all hear a story? And it's that full collaboration that happens, which again is, do we leave a door open? Do we close a door? Do both. See which one works at the end. We'll do it both ways and whatever happens, happens. I love that aspect of it. And I also love there's this certain montage that happens again, and it ends when Roger's creeping. He's creeping that night, and the guys go out. This This is one of those horror movie tropes where it's like, don't go outside, motherfuckers. The guys go outside. They gotta be Mr. Big Shot, right? And that's where they meet Skinwalker Roger. And at this around this point, I admit, I was like, is Roger the Skinwalker? I'm not gonna lie. I, I was confused. I don't I don't think at any point I was the Skinwalker, was I? Uh yeah. I think it I think it could be interpreted that you were. Yeah. You were call you were calling people's names, yeah. Yeah, you're out there going one, two, Roger. Yeah, because you were supposed to be watching the ball game. Yeah. 
Yeah, so you weren't even there. You were like, you were like, Benjamin. You need to watch your own movie right. again. <laughs> <laughs> All I'll say is, um, hypothetically, Roger is a big fan of Nightmare on Elm Street. And just because he said he was watching a ball game doesn't necessarily mean he was watching a ball game. <laughs> oh, shit. He was out there creeping, boy. Roger's I mean, it's, he's coming. it's really cool that you guys consider yourself horror experts or not, but never trust the narrator. Ricky, never trust the narrator. talking to you, bitch. <laughs> I mean, did you see the ending? Did fire really do anything? Oh, fuck. I mean, come on, guys. Okay, okay. So there's a makeout the session. I'm not an expert on anything. <laughs> no, but but you like them, no, but you like them un, unreliable narrators. That's one of your. Favorite I do like movies. unreliable narrators. Though. Yeah, I like I like with the makeout sesh gets ruined by the Skinwalker Roger, and fucking Tom Forrest gumps his ass out into the woods like he just hauls. Keep ass. Saying, <laughs> you, you keep saying Skinwalker Roger. No point in the script do I ever remember seeing at this point. Roger is the Skinwalker. I get you, but it's just what the movie's showing us as he the was viewer. There. He was there. He was there as yeah. because the Skinwalker can can copy anything that it wants. It doesn't necessarily have to be the person who's in the scene. Yeah, yeah. I'm just calling it Skinwalker Roger because it was impersonating you. I'm not saying Roger is the Skinwalker. Well, no. he was tree dancing. Like he I'll just say this: that there is a um, say a respect factor that a Skinwalker and Roger might have from. Spending so much time near each other this that they may be in the same area the at the project. same time. <laughs> there is a possibility that just because Roger's there and you see a, a shapeshifter perspective doesn't mean they're necessarily the same person. They could just be close to each other. Roger, just like me for real, some of his best friends are skinwalkers. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky is Roger. Or, oh, shit. <laughs> yep, there we go. Right there. Or... The the other thing is, you know, a character like Roger that likes himself so much and found someone that can just look just like him. That same charm and that same smile. Well, god yeah. damn, you look good naked. <laughs> well, yeah, he drug, yeah, he drugged Brett Michaels out there and was like, stand here for a second. Like, <laughs> like go behind this tree. Brett Michaels was like, okay. <laughs> Brett Michaels started singing, Spoilers! Because we're gonna dive into spoiler territory, all right? I want everyone to skip the next five minutes of the uh, of the episode because we're about oh, to ruin. To Brett it... Michaels coming for you. Is it, it's, just... Are we in spoiler mode? We're in spoiler down. mode. No. Oh, okay. okay, so Ash, Ashley gets grabbed, right? And Skinwalker, there's a Skinwalker Ashley. She tricks her oh, way everyone inside. Everyone dies. Everyone dies. Everybody's dead. <laughs> They're all well, dead. It's the best kind of thing. I was only want, Roger lives. I wanted to get my joke in for Ricky. The plot gets tick tick right here, boy. Yeah, yeah. the plot gets tick. Yeah. <laughs> Creepy Tom and Tom scene happened right here. This is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. And, and I'm jumping around a little bit, but whenever you have imposter Tom, fucking skinwalker Tom, and real Tom, one's at the front door, one's at the back door. And the oh. concept actually freaked me out i'm watching this movie yes it was it's, it's a tom tom it's tom tom yeah and, it was, <laughs> and i don't know which direction i'm going <laughs> was it the back door yeah like like which tom do i let in and again that simple lighter with dylan and he's like are you tom i was You're freaked really out even tom. before the lighter shot though like that's, i was freaked out by my the favorite idea. scene that's my favorite scene is that oh little God, it was it, well, it was so fucking tense it was so, like we'll it, get to, we'll get to my favorite 
Yeah. Okay. Well, it, it, it like warped you up. It like got you twisted. And you're like, what the fuck is going? And Travis I love- probably already knows it. Yeah. Well, it, I-, I love that scene though, where it, it bounced you back and forth and got you sort of hot. Got Travis, you like, yeah. the, sa- oh. the saving Private Ryan scene. Dude, yeah. It's my yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It's my favorite scene. It's this, like I said, this is one of my favorite scenes. I have a favorite scene, and it's exactly what Ricky said. It's the Saving Private Ryan (laughs) scene. Because listen, okay, what's the Saving Private Ryan scene? I'm getting. I'm gonna get to it. So Ashley, you did tell it, Travis. Ash Ashley tries to make a deal. She's like, "Give me Tom, and I'll fucking let y'all live." And Dylan's like, "He's not a beta no more. He's a fucking alpha. He's like, fuck this." So. There, Ash, Ashley gets in, and what happens? So there's all the little stabs, right? There's all the bro. little, the little, the little fucking fucky stabs in the blood, bro. Yeah, that's some I scream, like all the little stabs too. That's some scream six shit right there. Like that's that yeah. awesome. I love that okay. part. Dylan no sells his stab wound. By the way, he gets stabbed hardcore, and he's like, "Fuck it," and he makes a torch. But it's when Dylan sacrifices himself. This is Ricky and, and I's favorite scene in the film. Ashley gets on top of him and shushes him. Shushes him while he's begging her. And and she's going real (laughs) slow with that knife. And he's, yes, he's begging. He's begging her like, no, no, fuck, no. And she's like, shh, shh, it's It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) It's almost over. It's almost over. Because in Saving Private Ryan, you get the scene where. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, In the the tower. Yes. Yes. Slow knife stab. Yes, nope. and yeah, bro, and it's my favorite part. Fuck that, too. No, 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 fuck no. that, fuck that, fuck oh. that. <laughs> that dude's just like, oh, sh- the, it's the shushing and the reassurance of it's gonna be over soon. It's okay. You're stabbing oh. me, bitch. Fuck you through the chest. You're stabbing me so slowly. Oh my god, the, the impending doom. This is again the movie got cosmic in the concept just right there. Killing him slowly. Killing him sexily. (laughs) Yeah, boy. ending of this film it's a it's a good fuck you ending um yeah those are my favorite really enjoyed that since this isn't our traditional style of how we do things so we should be out of spoiler territory now we can give our final thoughts and and ratings on this movie um and we're gonna save you benjamin for last i'm gonna go first this when you think a low budget indie horror film and low budget and modern when this looks like it was shot on like some HD camera and nothing looks cinematic and everything looks like someone did it for a wedding video from their local photographer, it's just kind of like, ugh, I hate that shit. It, when it looks like a fucking 90s soap opera, I get pissed and I don't want to watch it. But this movie actually had cinematic quality. I love, right. like, like Ricky like, said earlier, the shot composition is awesome, man. Like, straight up. Immediately, my first worry was that this was going to have that look, but it didn't. It looks cinematic, and I love that. That's why I also think it could be a good theater watch. Um, the story's awesome. I love the throwbacks. I love that it's a simple horror setting that does flip a few things you know, on and, and, and change a few things around that you might think it's going to go this way, but it doesn't. So I'm on the fence about it. Dylan's character, Dylan's 
performance, honestly. Um, he, he, everyone else, I thought did great. You, you did fantastic every time you were on, 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 yeah, on you camera. It up, though. Yeah, yeah. It's there's a Roger project for a reason and not a Dylan project. Sorry to the actor who played Dylan, but I'm just being honest <laughs> about my viewing experience. Is all I'm saying. Man. Dylan, Dylan's in the Roger project. Yeah, nice job. Well, I look, <laughs> look, man. I'm being honest about my shit. I'm being fucking for real. His character, I was on Travis, the fence about. Shut the fuck up. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> he pulled out the button. Uh, okay. On, <laughs> I was on the fence about his character. By the end of the film, especially with the fucking, um, how he eventually, you know, took charge. The final and, girl scene. Well, <laughs> yeah, and he gets yeah. the, the slow stab or whatever. I, I, I came around to loving his character. Uh, the other thing that I'll be crucial about is um, no boobs. Well, I'll, 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 I will back you up on that. So I'll have a third yeah. thing. Uh, the third thing will be no boobs. But my second thing, and I, I, I'm, I am again kind of on the fence about this as well. But I got, I gotta be honest about it. The dumb choices they make still do bother me, even though I know it's the kind of movie where the characters have to make certain dumb choices. They have to, otherwise, there's no story. If they call Joe and Roger in the first night or the cops, which they eventually do, and we didn't talk about that, the characters do eventually call the cops, and Dylan is so rattled when he does, he sounds like he's crazy and on drugs, and the cops suspects as much, so he's not really that concerned. Right. So You know what? Hold on. Here's a, here's a good time. So the cop is – earlier we said uh, DBS's motto is – we make films for our fans with our fans. That cop, his name is Howard Hawkins. He was the first DBS super fan. When they decided that they wanted to put one of their fans in a movie, they auditioned only their super fans. So he won that part basically through super fans. And he crushed it. Nice. He crushed it so much that in the Roger Project, not only does Roger come back, that cop comes back too. But he was a fan. That it makes was me so, so passionate happy. and cared so much that he delivered that performance as a fan. His performance and now is he's great. Acting, yeah, he's yeah. good. Yeah, I'm, yeah. It's I'm a, torn. I'm torn on that one because I I love the fact that we got a fan involved in things. He was kind of a stale saltine. No, place. I didn't think oh, so. I, I thought he was so really good. Well, see, this is just like earlier when we we were each saying like we didn't like the amount the Skinwalker's actual face was shown, and like we were we were two and two on that one. Everyone's gonna have their own likes and dislikes, and you know what? With a film like this, made for horror fans by horror fans, and seeing it through the, not only through that lens but actually through a lens of, let's see what this movie's gonna do for me. What I got was a fun-filled, sound, awesome soundtrack chemistry driven film with characters that actually shined dylan at first his uh, his performance threw me off by the end i was like i like i like the way this guy's doing what he's doing like yeah. i got in i got into it did um, you guys um sorry, did you guys listen to the uh closing credits yes, song yes uh, that's yeah. my fi my final note is awesome ending song you know what's awesome about that what's uh, incredible about that the guy that performs that song is Paul Mauld on Instagram. He has a new album, Bamberdost. And he's a guy I went to college with that I hadn't talked to for 15 years. And a friend of mine is like, hey, have you checked in on Paul lately? And I was like, no. He's like, he's, he's pretty funny. So he sent me his Instagram. I haven't heard from this kid in 15 years. I went on his Instagram. 
and he posts weird stuff. He's morbidly hysterical, but then I listen to his music he plays. And I found that song just one night screwing around, just going through his Instagram. And I was like, this song, this song is incredible. This is a movie soundtrack song. So again, Brendan just listening to everybody, no matter what time it is or how stupid the idea is, he'll listen to it. I send the song. I'm like, hey, I think this would be a good song for the closing credits. He just sends me back. He's like, hey, can you get this? I was like, I know the guy. And it was literally just that, you know, I know this guy a little bit. I went to college with him. I know this guy a little bit. I said a movie with him. Maybe they'll they'll meet and they'll be magic. And that song just crushes. Yeah, and it's hysterical when you listen to the lyrics. I, yes. I was, it was I one of it. those. I reconnected with an old friend, and I watched him succeed. And you know, he's got some more songs. I'm going to try and steal from him. <laughs> but it was just it was. And I don't know if you caught on or not, but yes, I get I get a lot of praise for Roger. And I love it. It's great. I hope I get a whole career out of it. And he gets a series and we get picked up and we make a million dollars. But what I love even more is I love watching Paul get his song in the movie. I love knowing that there's a line I said that came from Kellen. There's this part came from Brendan. And I love seeing that in the film. And I love seeing Chloe do great. And I love seeing Ty do great. I love seeing Stephanie do great. I can't wait for a Pumpkinhead movie. And I, I love watching Dylan succeed. It's one of those where I help them do a little bit better. I help them get to that point. And I think that is the coolest thing. But that end song to me, it just... Oh, it drove the movie it, home. It just, it, yeah, oh, it means so time. much to see like people that you know when they succeed. It just means so much more. That that closing credits song was perfect. Mm-hmm. Paul Mall. Him, roadkill at the end of my driveway is the there's, there's gonna be a link in the show notes to that um his instagram awesome. and 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 his music um but to to wrap it up i think y'all all succeeded in making a great indie horror effort this is a great genre effort this movie is gonna get a seven out of ten from me but it's gonna get a 0.5 bump up because two things roger and the soundtrack i love all the songs in this movie rickles you just watch this movie. What do you like, think? Literally, of? like literally. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with my heart right now. And two out of I'm, ten. I'm gonna start with a three point five. No, I'm playing. <laughs> no, uh, I'm I'm holding this. I'm holding this around a seven with room to grow. I love the concept. I love Skinwalkers. I've always wanted to see more doppelganger shit in mm-hmm. movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny the 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 fucking Winnebago line had me <laughs> laughing out loud, um, and that doesn't happen often. Like that had me laughing out loud for real. Discorded that you discorded that fucking Winnebago. yeah. Like as soon as it happened, I was like Winnebago. Oh my god! Um, the shot composition, the soundtrack, the kills were gnarly and fun. I love the fuck you ending and Roger's a fucking 10 and he's also a cosmic entity. Well, you know why I think I love smile and it follows so much because of what you just said. There's not enough doppelganger shit and those movies kind of have a doppelganger feel to them. They, they don't do. know, you know, they don't always make like, but they sometimes take that characteristic and I love that about sure. this movie. No, that makes sense. That's what made the Tom Tom scene so creepy to me. The Tom Tom scene is creepy. Yeah. But it's that saving private Ryan scene for me because. That's a ten, bruh. Yeah, I'm. Anyway, I'm rambling. Um, I'm holding this around a seven with room to grow, and I can't wait to see the Roger Project. 
Fuck yes. I can't fucking wait because Roger, Roger steals the fucking show big time. <laughs> this, this movie gave me like fucking Blair Witch vibes and fucking The Thing vibes. <laughs> fucking yes. like all kind, like just like, like I mentioned earlier, wearing the influences on your sleeve, you know, with the Freddy line. I, I, I love it. I love it. So there you go. GHC, what do you think about Forest of Death? Cut this one plain and simple. I fucking love Dylan. I love his like his fucking yeah, bro yeah. dude attitude. I fu- I just I I just like I wanted to see. He was a great dude, bro, bro dude. Wait, well, I wanted to see. I wanted to see oh, Tom. No, no, I wanted to see Tom fed into a wood chipper the entire movie. I wanted to see. Him <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Dylan was a bro. No, no, no oh, Tom. No, uh, Tom. Tom. Oh, Tom. No, because, Tom. Because he hated the bro dude. But he like tolerated it at this weird level, like just like hey, yes, yes, job, dude. Um, so that piece for me was like super fun. Overall, I think I've already said this. There should have been at least one pair of boobs in this movie. So, like, <laughs> I'll should've... back you up. Back you up on that. Um, and a dong, or oh, and or a dong, and or a dong. Well, yeah. okay, but no, but if if Roger had stood up and done the unskinny bop in front of the fucking fire there, <laughs> <laughs> unskinny, unskinny bop. bop. That's some tell him Steve Dave there. shit, cuz. I would have been there all day long, and that would have fulfilled my need for boobs. I have this on my list on my third watch. I had this movie as an eight. Holy really? shit. She was the highest I, rating of the I, night. I, I, I love the tree duggery in this movie. Tree duggery, I'm calling it, because they like in the trees. I love yeah, the tree, tree duggery. Um, yeah. You I know, I think it. an eight would have made the top <laughs> 10 for 2022. For Grindhouse, not yes, my, not on my list. No not point. on. Well, not on mine either. Mine was an eight point five. Just saying. <laughs> but I, I, well, fuck you. Here's what it boils down. We're to. being honest. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. Fuck both them dudes. Bro. <laughs> Ricky, you're the lowest. Fuck you. Here's Wait, what it boils fuck, down to. Fuck them dudes anyway. Hold on, but for 2023, that's clearly the number one movie of the year, right? Oh, this is. Oh, I'm sorry, Grindhouse. I, I didn't. Okay, I don't, I'm, I'm gonna say what I want to say real quick. So you can finish off with with your score. Um, Just with, interrupting people. Well, no, because I, I want I, I want no, to tell for the 2022 list. These two cons went ahead and did it without me. That's what Travis is trying to say, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You can frown all you want, bitch. That's what happened. Oh. Okay. So for this movie, here's the reality. I really enjoyed it. I'll let that stand. For the characters, I loved Dylan. I'll let I, that I exist as it is. <laughs> I loved. I loved how he. He had this place, and he uh-huh. sort of it, but he was always trying to like get a little bit above that, and he was always fucking with the dude, bro. I loved how he was. He fucked with the dude, bro, just mercilessly. I love that part. Oh, that makes me so happy to hear that people love Dylan. And going through this movie and this little this little piece that Fire played, I love that too. Oh yeah, like, and that that grainy black and white image that the the Wendigo or whatever you want to call it always had in the background, but it always sort of got Chupacabra. Chupacabra. Yeah, I, I love that too. El uh, Chalupa. This movie <laughs> this movie for me, it was super fun. I love the characters. I loved that what I think is our main dude, who is Dylan. So fuck Tom. He can suck my ass. No, um, you know what? It the second time for the viewing <laughs> is when I realized Dylan is the hero. He can he suck my ass. He's, 
and yeah, and so Tom can suck my ass. I'm, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm happy Dylan's the hero for sure. Even though the Tom on Tom scene was pretty fucking cool. That was pretty fucking cool. The Tom on Tom scene. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, we got Tom, Tom stacked, boy. Tom, we got Toms Tom. on top Tom. of Toms. <laughs> Tom and Jerry in this bitch. Getting That's too much end. perfect smile in one scene for me. The fire in the woods <laughs> and, and the burning down torch. I, I, so many things about this movie that I fucking love. So I'm going to go. That's I'm something go, else. I'm going to go with an eight. I'm going to go with an eight and I'm going to fucking own it. I really enjoyed this movie. And that's kind of where I'm at now with movies. Either I enjoy them or I don't. After I enjoy them, I'm happy to pick them apart. I'm happy to do that. I enjoyed this movie. There should have been some boobs. They should have removed the scare. Well, I want to and- say on Front Street, Tom, Tom is an ass eater, but listen. Benjamin asked me on on Instagram, he said, be honest. You got honesty, sir. This is honesty tonight. That's where I'm at. I told you, I don't don't care if it's good or bad, as long as no one says it's boring. Because anyone says you're boring. That's one one fucking thing. Like, this movie flew for me. It flew by. Flew by. Easy. Easy watch. Easy Easy watch. watch. Good watch. And, and, hey, dude. I love it, straight up. So, on our rating scale, anything above a seven is love. Seven or above, bro. That's, That's love. love. So we all we all love this, and I want to say I've watched a few films from twenty twenty three because you want to put it on a scale. Here you go, top five. No, no, no. I've watched two. Of, these other two films I like a lot, and my co host can attest because they're on the Discord. They know what the fuck I think. I like Megan, and I like Knock at the Cabin because I'm an M Night fan. <laughs> I like this movie more than both of those movies, and I like those other two movies a lot. I'm saying if there's a top five right now, Forest of Death is in it. One pair of boobs. Valid point. <laughs> yeah, valid, valid, valid on that one. Like one valid on those I, on those deuces right there. Because I, I, I would, not, I would not have cared if it was a cow lost in the woods and I saw her gleaming udders. <laughs> I just one pair of boobs in this movie. Just one pair. Just to get me... <laughs> Just to get me tingling a little bit. I like I like I like what he said. I saw Ricky's face. I like what he said. I thought it was funny. Ricky's over there like, I don't know about this when I'm leaving it in, bitch. I'll just I'll just let my silence Yeah. Just yeah speak for yourself. Mm -hmm. Benjamin Newmark, actor, Roger in the film Forest of Death. What are your final thoughts and rating on Forest of Death, sir? If, All right, if you, you watch it, three, it's a worth at least nine dollars, which means oh. that uh, you know when you see people gonna... out there in the world, I'm gonna, they go I'm and buy gonna, a, I'm a caramel gonna... macchiato, oh. some kind of <laughs> frappuccino. You can't, you can't do this. He's doing Roger. <laughs> then I think you can look at yourself in the mirror and acknowledge it. I'm a bad person. I spend <laughs> money on coffee. I can go out and buy a 24-pack of K-Cups for $10, but I'm going to go buy that $7 latte. When in- I can be spending money on better AirPods that don't die in the middle of an interview. Wow, that sounds better than it ever did, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds really good. That sounds way better. <laughs> oh, shit. Roger. <laughs> Here's the reality. you got to love a man that can come to a rental cabin in the woods, and understand that every woman there needs a good rogering. Oh. Every last 
Okay. And in the end, I know it doesn't matter how much moonshine you bring. It doesn't matter how many tall tales you sell. This guy's going to fuck your girlfriend. Oh. All right, Benjamin, it was a fucking pleasure. I love this movie. Keep going, dude. Keep doing your thing. I love it. I seriously love it. Thank you. I, I can't wait to come back for Meth Gator. Oh, fuck, fuck yeah. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna the best, plug the best part gonna... is we're all gonna do meth before we talk about it. So oh, I'll ride my gator. Yeah. All right, guys. I gotta go. Thank you, Grindhouse. Love you, bud. Love you, bud. Bye. Bye. Grindhouse had to go. He fucking double booked himself, resurrecting people and making them sign contracts. So he's skipping off, hooting and a hollering because he loves being in the forest of the dead. Final thoughts, though, for Benjamin, or a.k.a. Roger. I think you were uh, chewing the scene there, sir. Well, it comes down to what I think and what I see and what I know and not to be based on other people's opinions because other people's opinions have a tendency of swaying me. For example, when everyone comes out and says how great I am, how amazing I am, how good-looking I am, how incredible I am, and how well-hung I am, sometimes they can get into <laughs> your head. And what you don't want is you don't want that kind of stuff getting into your head because it's going to make you think too much of yourself. Like, yeah, I know what I look like and I know what I got. So what do I think of the movie? I don't think it matters what I think of the movie. I think all that matters is that you watch the movie. I think what matters is that you, you take the time out of life. And I know everyone's got a real busy schedule trying to figure out who they are and what they are and where they belong and all that other stuff. Well, here's what I'll tell you. You want to find your peace and you want to find your center, find your joy, find your happiness, find that that scares you a little bit and gets you off your edge. Find the things that bring you into your comfort zone and out of your comfort zone. And what that is, is forced death. And when it comes to forced death, what it's really about is turning your mind off, tuning out the world, putting down your device that you're not watching forced death on. Don't put that down. Keep that device directly in front of you and saying, <laughs> I'm going to watch this movie. I'm going to enjoy this movie. I'm going to spend $3 to rent this movie one time. I'm going to spend $3 to rent this movie two times. I'm going to spend another $3 to rent this movie three times, four times, five times. Because not only do I believe in this film, not only do I believe in supporting small business and supporting independent film, but goddamn, do I just love that Roger. <laughs> I want to make sure that I keep seeing more Roger. So I'm going to buy this movie, not one time, two time, three time, four time. I'm going to buy this movie five times, six times, seven times. I'm going to tell my mom to buy this movie, my dad, my brother, <laughs> my sister, my best friend, someone I haven't talked to in 20 years that I went to high school with that I just want to say, hey, motherfucker. <laughs> Remember how that one time 20 years ago we watched Evil Dead and we had a good time? Well, there's another movie I want you to see. And it stars this guy that I kind of know. And yeah. I want to live vicariously <laughs> through him because you can. For only $3, $6, $9, $12, $15, only for $21, send me your receipt. You've seen the movie seven times. Create some fake accounts to review this movie seven times. You send me your fake account. You send me your receipt. Maybe, just maybe, I'll send you an autographed copy of a screenshot of one of this motherfucker Benjamin on Newmark's headshots. <laughs> Ooh. It's got to be at least seven times. Seven times? That's $21. $21. That's two caramel macchiato lattes. You're going to skip a week. <laughs> and I know that's crushing to a lot of you, but you can do that to support indie horror, to support this film, to support living vicariously through me. 
and support the future of maybe we get an entire Rogers series. Who the Roger, hell knows? Roger. But the trick is $21. Roger, can I ask you a question? Yes. Okay. Put the hat back on. What? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't, doesn't work when the hat's off. No, I know. No. It's the it's the it's the <laughs> alchemy of the whole thing becoming Roger. Yeah, I like it. It's dope. Roger, would you consider yourself a sexual being? No, I'm way more advanced than that. I am all that is sexual. I'm not a <laughs> being. I'm one and all and everything. <laughs> Roger, Roger's cosmic as fuck. Roger, do you think that you're? <laughs> That's my question. Roger, do you think that you have achieved a, a level of cosmicism that is above the tall man from the Phantasm series? Well, the tall man is one of my absolute heroes because I love any man that's got silver balls and can just wave them around at will. <laughs> and while I respect that, <laughs> I gotta say, having a pair of brass ones, <laughs> I think it's a little bit better than floating silver. Oh. Plus, I still got all my hair. <laughs> and you're still alive. <laughs> yeah, there's that too. Yeah. And I'm still alive. <laughs> so from from Benjamin Newmark, aka Roger, basically unsung star of Forest of Death. Um, I would say you give this movie a ten out of ten, sir. Right? Oh yeah. Leave him like a four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's on a five scale, right? <laughs> oh hey. yes. Oh, there you go. That's an eight out of ten. Listen, we love this at the nightclub. I'm so fucking happy that you reached out to us to do yes. this. <laughs> we appreciate like we, we've been talking to people for a long time now. We've been doing this for almost four years. Me and Rick Grindhouse is a little new to the fold, but me and Ricky have been doing this for a while. We have been blessed to talk to people like you, creatives in the industry, making the things we love to see. Rick, like Ricky says all the time. This is our, our favorite. favorite part. That's yeah. why we do it. This is Just why. Just to be able to talk to you guys. This is the best. Well, thank you. It's the best. Uh, thank you for being on this show. This was this, a lot of fun. It's a lowly little show, and we have a little, little, little audience. But you know what, man? We love talking to people. and We love I, talking to our audience, too. They're red. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that reminds me. Um, On the Discord, we, we're, we're finished with round one of the Boogie Down, which is this horror mashup of uh, – tournament Fifth that i'm not going on and cronenberg is still killing it he killed it today with vlad versus jigsaw he comes up with these awesome scenarios and it's the best everyone jump on that nightclub discord that link will also be in the show notes and i wanted to ask you about your upcoming films you, you've got the roger project which you've mm -hmm. you've teased and you've also teased something called meth gator just now so what okay number one we ride gators to work Ricky, yeah. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky's always riding them gators. Yeah. And, and we beat him, the magic witchy swamp boys. So meth gator has to happen on this podcast. You have to come Absolutely. back. You have has to, to come be. back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Meth gator is through, uh, if you're familiar with the asylum, who made all those wonderful Sharknado movies. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. We're very oh, yeah. familiar. Yeah. That Shout was, out to uh, Donna Nelly and Sharktopus. That was, uh, that was wild because I've been a fan of those movies my whole life. And even when my daughter was born, most of my Sundays hanging out with her and just rocking her to sleep was watching Sharknado, Sharknado 2. So I was a fan. To say I was a fan of DBS, I was a fan of the asylum. And I was not, when you're cast in films of a larger scale, sometimes they lie to you. 
and they tell you it's a different name and it's part of something different. So I did not know exactly what I was getting into when I got there. And I only found out it was an asylum film while I was in the makeup chair. As a guy was doing my makeup and he said, you know, you you kind of look like Casper Van Dien. And I was like, huh, never got that one before. Thanks. He's like, yeah, no, he, I was doing his makeup a couple of weeks ago. You kind of look like him. And I was like, you were doing Casper Van Dien's makeup? What the hell are you doing on my face? And he was telling me, like, oh, we did this film. I'm like, what? Like, wait, that was, uh, he's like, Asylum. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I saw that in the trade somewhere. And he's like, do you know what this is? And I said, yeah, man, this is Meth Gator. <laughs> by whatever. And he's like, this is the Asylum. And I was like, what? And he suddenly showed me all the paperwork I hadn't signed yet. And it all was the Asylum films, the Asylum films, the Asylum films. And in that exact moment, I lost my mind completely because it was, I was excited one to get work that's always good yeah two to do something called meth gator because that just sounds like fun fuck yeah but then when you find out to the asylum and fuck it hits yeah. you like okay it's gonna be on sci-fi it's gonna be a movie like this is a big film and i'm the meth in the meth gator <laughs> that's fucking dope <laughs> fuck yeah bro what just happened in my life and it gets crazier because one of my co-stars in the opening scene, because we're we're the opening, well, you know those those great horror openings like Drew Barrymore and Scream. We're sure. that. Hell it's yeah! A, it's an actor named Stuart Maxheimer who's so good, and I was a fan of his before I met him because he was the guy in a girl in Cabin Thirteen, the DBS film. And I saw that, and I worked with DBS, and then I showed up to a TV pilot one day, and there's Stuart Maxheimer. I said, girl, Gavin 13. He's like, why do you know that? (laughs) We hit it off really quick. And he's a cool guy. And I love him to death. We were doing the Roger project. And we're going through the script. And I was like, hey, you know what would be perfect for this? Stuart Maxheimer. And Brendan looks at me and goes, huh, do. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely a stew roll. He messages him a couple of days oh, later once that role secured. And there comes the star of a girl in Cabin 13 making his DBS return in the Roger Project. Oh, shit. Nice. So we that do that together. shit, boy. We get to do that together. And then I get cast on Meth Gator. And I just had this weird feeling. And I shoot a message on Instagram like, hey, man, how's it going? By the way, do you happen to be a part of Meth Gator? And <laughs> I don't know anything about it. It's just a hunch. And he responds back, that's so random. Yeah, I shoot tomorrow. And I say, me too. As it turns out, I'm playing a similar Roger character with more of a meth influence, working with Robbie Rist, who's Cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch, and Michelangelo from the Ninja Turtles. What? And also on screen with me from Girl in Cabin 13, the Roger Project, playing Deputy Farmer. Stuart Maxheimer. It's so for that one scene of Meth Gator, that opening scene, for DBS fans, they're gonna lose their mind because there's the star uh-huh. of the girl in Cabin 13. There's Roger. There they are on screen in a different film company playing kind of similar characters. That's fucking dope. The fact that you're having this resurrection in your career where now you're the most talked about character in a horror film that's coming out on March 31st 
Apple TV, Voodoo, Amazon. Go rent it. Three bucks. Rent it, rent it seven times. Rent it 21 it's, times. No, it's, it's, it's $21. Yes. Because that's how much money you would spend if you went to a movie theater. Yeah. You would spend $21 on popcorn and a drink and then take it, and it's a waste of money. You can sit your ass on a couch, go out and buy some smart food popcorn, rent it seven times, and spend just as much money. Boom. And now you've got this meth gator resurrection motherfucking film happening. You've got the Roger Project, which when can we expect that? I, if I had to guess, I'd say it's probably around August or September. Oh, and I, so I think that's, the, that's nice. very soon. I, nice. While DBS tries to do a 90-day turnaround, while most indie companies try and do one film a year, they're trying to do four to five this year. And not only four to five, but they're also their goal is to cast 50 people that are super fans in their films. Nice. Like the Roger Project, we had eight, I think, maybe more, but we had three. Can I, yeah, I can give it. We had three play zombie type characters or super fans, but one of them was also doing makeup, and she was incredible. We had another one that was there to do makeup, but she was in the film. Um, we had two others show up. One was his first time ever doing a movie, and he crushed it as a fan. Nice, and it was it, it was was insane to see people that were not classically trained and had not been pursuing this, but through their passion and their joy and their excitement and their love of the genre and love of being, they were able to turn in these incredible performances Mm -hmm. because believe me, going into this, when Brendan's saying, no, these are going to be fan cast. And I said, Buddy, this is my one time to start a movie. I may never get this again. You better hire some really good people. And they were adamant. No, we're going to cast through our Discord. We're going to cast super fans. We're going to cast people that support us and that want to be here. And you know, a little trepidous, a little nervous about that. And then you see it. Mm-hmm. And then you feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, this is working. This is crazy. They have found people and they have tailored these roles to the people that just want to be here, the people that earn this, not just through a performance, but through a love of the genre, through a dedication, through a passion. And they deserve to be here right now as much as any actor who went to Juilliard or who has a degree. They deserve this and they are crushing it. That's what shines through about this film. Yeah. And that's what I, I was about to get at. Like you can you can feel the love and the fandom in it. And that's always fucking 10. Yeah. You know? So, like, we gave this movie sevens, but for the sake of the fans, it's a 10. Oh, no, Grindhouse gave it an eight. Grindhouse gave it an eight. No, but we're giving it tens now because it's 10 time. It's 10 time. It's because it's 10 time. It's 10 time. (laughs) We're giving it a 10. Embrace the darkness and be based like Roger. There you go. <laughs> I'm Tom. I'm Dylan. I wish I was Roger. There you go. <laughs> I want you to embrace the darkness. I want you to let in the salacious and the seductive. And I want you to give a little bit of jazz hands. You get yourself all nice and worked up. Because I want you to take all that energy 
Now I want you to take all that excitement, and what I want you to do is add the nightclub to your favorites and give them a five-star rating. And then what I want you to do is yeah. take your $21, and I want you to go rent Force to Death. And then after that, what I want you to do is go join the DBS Discord. And after that, what I want you to do is find my Venmo, my PayPal, and I just want you to send me money because you like me. That's really what I want here is just send me money. I don't want to do any more films or any more shows. I just want you to send me money. And in response, I'll send you something like, uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Embrace the darkness. Enjoy the nightclub. And most of all, and most importantly, stay spooky, bitches.
as we talk the night uh again go into the night it will get darker for me i'm outside how's the mosquitoes out there i don't feel them but i but but i like to be insides sometimes yeah i like to finish up inside oh yeah that's the only way it's the only way i don't know no other way i start inside then i go outside then I finish a little bit outside, then I finish some inside, then I finish again <clears throat> after I start again. Yeah. That's too much finishing. I like start no. They I like call to me the closer. Like, <clears throat> that's how you I, have a lot of kids. I like start right? and start and start and start and start and stop. 